0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: shoe
2: recorded recorded live. Live. I always try to hurry because it records at a slightly different time than when I say it. So I want it to match like the old days, but I know it doesn't. All right. um, It's 7.33 p.m. East Coast. So it's Eastern Daylight Time. I am up in Bangor, Maine. And it is May nineteenth, two thousand sixteen. Lots of stuff still continuing on in the world, but you know, your guess is as good as mine on some of it. I just keep watching and I think about all the stuff that I've heard here and there and everywhere, and in a way it reminds me of the old days in my school library when the library was the center of the school and people would come in one door and they'd say one thing and they figured I wouldn't know what it meant, so they could just vent. They'd go out the door and somebody would come in from another door and they'd vent and they'd go out the door. Someone else would come in and they'd start venting about something. And everybody would give me a little piece of it. And so pretty soon I knew exactly what happened and everybody that was involved, even though nobody had told it to me. It was like, oh, kind of like how life is now, really. Putting all the little pieces together and putting two and two together and getting five and a half or whatever. (laughs) But. Yeah, um, schools are kind of unique places to be, and I'm sure they're really even worse now. They're probably very hard for people to deal with. But back then, um, all the things regarding family privacy were just starting out, really. I mean, people were not that sensitive about it when we were younger, and you know, everybody was kind of on the same page and trying to help each other. We could talk about anything we wanted to back then in the old days, But then they started with the family privacy things, and they were like, you may may not talk about anyone's family, you may not talk about any child, and you better not ever get caught in public ever mentioning anyone's name or anything that could be identified as a certain person. And it was extremely um, bad if you were found to be doing that. I mean, bad, people would get fired, things like that. So we all learn to speak in code to each other, basically. If we went out to dinner or something and we were talking about somebody at the table, we would say, you know, a child or or somebody and we'd never say names. Um, You just become aware of those things. So, however, you also learn to read between the lines and maybe that's why it's a little bit easier for me to read between the lines than it is for a lot of people. I see things in the nonverbal communication. So it makes it kind of hard when you're on the Internet to get much. I love videos. I like to watch people's uh, demeanor when they're telling you something, whether or not they look believable to me. Um, I don't know if I ever told you guys, guys this, and it's probably irrelevant, but it kind of popped into my head with the same topic. I served on a jury one time and I really liked it. But when I first got called for jury duty, I had gone to the, you know, the initial contact where you have to go and the judge um interviews basically the whole group at once, asks questions and things like that. But um then they tell you what the jury does and all that stuff. So, you have a little film. Anyway, um The judge had asked if there was anyone that needed to be excused for any reason to please raise their hand, and he addressed each person separately. And I told told him that I needed to be excused, didn't want to be excused, but I needed to be excused because I couldn't see well. I had had um, contact lenses for a long period of time, hard contact lenses, and my eyes were being adjusted so that I could have my prescription fixed. Um, hard contacts change the eye quite a bit, and you have to leave them out before you can do anything else. This was like in probably the, oh, maybe late 90s. I'm not sure. He said, come up here. So I went up to the bench, and he looked right in my face, and he goes, so seriously, you, you can't see, and so you don't want to be serving on the jury? And I said, seriously, I can't see. I said, I could tell that you had a face from where I was, I could tell you had a face but I didn't even know you had facial hair and he just kind of looked at me like okay all right then he says you'll be back here in a month so but it was like he couldn't figure out why I couldn't do it anyway I said because I need to see someone's face how do I know if they're telling the truth or if I believe they're telling the truth when you think a judge would already know that probably doesn't matter to them because they just do whatever the boss told them anyway Not very flattering, is it? That's the opinion I have of the judicial system. I know a lot more now about it than I did at the time, or I might have said other things to him because I have a hard time not saying things directly (laughs) the minute it occurs to me. And it gets me in trouble, yes. Not always, but sometimes. Okay, I'm going to say hi to everybody here. Thank you for coming. I see all the... Usual suspects in the room. It's kind of good to see you, you know, over and over again. It is very enlightening to share with people what they think, um, to see what their viewpoints are of life and what when they see something in the news, what they think about it. Um, there's a person who um, is... A Facebook friend of mine that I don't really know in real life, but knew of, knew of. And he uh, ironically lived on the same block I did growing up, which is very bizarre. Um, He was in a foster home, a large family, didn't have anything, and apparently spent a lot of his time as an adult taking care of his wife, who was very sick, like for decades. Some of us have had to do that kind of thing with six family members and be, you know, the person that's not just the spouse but also the helpmate and the uh, nurse in a way. And he had done that and his wife had passed away. He's remarried and all that. But he's extremely spiritual person. He's very religious in a lot of ways. He does a wonderful um, spontaneous message most mornings when I look at my Facebook page, there'll be something on there that he has posted about uh, being grateful for the day um, and how he's thinking of everyone and all this stuff. Well, anyway, um, because he lived in foster care and he was abused while he was in foster care, he has a very different view of how the world works and how people are. And He's always trying to apologize for everything he does, or says like he has no right to an opinion, which is crazy, of course that's of course that's crazy If you're in your sixties, you certainly have life experience, and he should be respected for the fact that he's you know gone through all of that, taking care of his wife, um you know making sure everything was okay and and he's gone through a lot of grieving and all that, and now he has another wife, and he has things you know responsibilities, et cetera. But he always apologizes. He says he's sorry that he talks about God or he talks about his you know, feelings about life and um, people tell him he should just stop it and all this stuff. Well, I tell him, go ahead, say whatever you want to say. Who has the right to tell you not to speak? Come on, just talk. Well, then um, he'll say some things sometimes about politics and he was saying today that he was He needed to stop talking about politics because all he does is um, upset his whole family. They get really mad at him and everything, and mostly what his um, political views are um, tend toward the Democrat side, basically, that um, people should be able to have the help they need, that they should be able to have assistance and welfare and things like that because he knows that he needed it. He knows that he had to go get assistance, he had to have help with food, he had to have help when he was a child because his parents didn't or couldn't take care of the kids. Um, so he's seeing it from that viewpoint. I guess what I'm getting at is that you can have people who are very good people that are very you know, tender-hearted, caring people who can have completely different views than you have and still be a good person. And he uh, he hasn't said anything yet back to what I told him this afternoon, but he had been talking again about our Governor LePage and about Trump and stuff as though these are uncaring people that don't care if people suffer, um, especially with our governor here in Maine. We have um, controversy all the time about the fact that he initiated some welfare reform Proposals, and some of them have gone through. And one of them was that you had to work to get food stamps. If you were able to work, you had to do it. Um, and I guess that's the EBT card or whatever. But you couldn't just take—you couldn't just take um, assistance without, unless you really needed it. In other words, you were disabled or some reason why you had to take it not just so you could sit around or, you know, waste people's money that don't have it to begin with. Um, so one of the things was you had to either work so many hours a week or you had to volunteer. And people weren't even showing up for the volunteering. So a lot of people went off the welfare rolls. Now what happened is some of the people thought that was cruel, and it left people unhelped that should have been helped and all this kind of thing. Um And I don't agree with that. So anyway, I said to him, the people like you are the ones that are supposed to get the help. It's not supposed to be the people who are brought here by someone, because they certainly didn't walk to Maine from wherever they came from. People who are here illegally, people who are lazy, uh, people who are takers and never will contribute and don't think they should have to contribute, it's not for them. It's for people like you that had the hardship, that we're trying, um, that are from here, <laughs> from Maine in the first place, right, belong here. That's who it's for, and that's why um, people like me will stick up for the governor because the governor has been there. He grew up basically on the streets. He was beaten up by his father. He was in a large family. I forget now how many. I think 18 kids or something like that and he was abused, and he was on the street, destitute, and um, all people do is attack him as though he's ignorant, as though he's uncaring. He has a huge heart. He cares a lot. He wants Mainers to succeed, not be dependent. So when they complain about the governor and somebody sticks up for for him, then um, they go after those people too. it's just it 's really a harsh political environment in Maine right now now i 've heard that um, Trump is going to be doing something regarding maine i i 'm not really sure what it was i didn 't get a chance to go back and take a look. but I think it has to do with how things are being done, how they 're operating here. so i 'll be looking into that some more. Um, I got invited to go to lunch tomorrow with some former classmates from my high school. Apparently, the last year or two, they've been getting together once during the summer to uh, reconnect, and everyone is scattered across the country. They all have really different life experiences. So some of these people I only saw last when I was like 18 years old. And I'm kind of debating if I want to go or not because uh, part of the reason I didn't even know they were having this lunch tomorrow was that I start, I unfollowed a bunch of them because I couldn't take what they were posting regarding Hillary Clinton and stuff like that. I just was like, oh, you know, I want to, I don't know, scratch a blackboard or something. Um, to hear people talk about her as though she's somebody to look up to because she's a woman is so... I don't know, 60s or 70s, it's like um, just because she's a woman um, is not a reason to look up to her. She has a lot of baggage and a lot of background that is nothing that would benefit anybody, let alone women. And so I just don't know if I can take it. If they started talking about that, I would probably blow a gasket or I'd have to say something and make a, a huge scene. Because I don't know if I could just sit there and nod and smile. It's not my nature to do that. It's my nature to talk, as you can tell. Because I'm already rambling and it's quarter of eight. All right, here it's quarter of eight. Where you are, it's probably dinner time. (laughs) But I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Didn't have much of a chance to really consider it too much today because my head ached and I was like, oh man, I don't know about this one. So Valium is saying go they probably won't talk politics too busy getting the scoop on each other's lives well true but uh the person that's hosting it that doesn't live too far from here she definitely would bring it up because that's her I don't think it would be the entire time but it would probably be a lot of it and uh Some of the people know how I feel because I'm not quiet about it. So I just wonder if I would be baited into something. See what I mean? Like, how could you think that? Um, Okay. So let's see. Go back and see what everybody's talking about in here because it looks like they're saying stuff. Um, Good. You can hear me okay. Great. (laughs) I don't know if I even checked that before. I might have. Uh, double bubble or bubblelicious neither have aspartame. Um, yeah, I don't know which one it was. It was in a bag of a bunch of candy, and I was very surprised when I saw it. I was like, "Yeah, I I don't even I will not eat anything with aspartame in it or drink anything with aspartame in it." Um, let's see. Back in the old days, you know, we could chew Wrigley's gum, but then they put aspartame in it. And I keep forgetting because I wanted to make a big stink about that, call them up and tell them I chewed it since I was a, like, six-year-old kid, and now I can't chew it for the past whatever decade or something because they had to put aspartame in it. And uh, probably they'd have a better market share if they took it out. There's no need to have it in there. There's sugar in there. Just have sugar. Anyway, Whatever. Um, uh, I'm talking about nonverbal communication, yes. It's something I just see and I always have. People said, how did you know I was sad? I don't know, I just thought I could see it on them or whatever, especially if you know somebody really well, like you've seen them many times. And it probably also came from um, working with children all those years because you have to kind of anticipate what the child's needs are because they're not going to come out and tell you. So you notice the person that's standing off in the corner. You notice the one that's not walking around but it's just sitting there. You know, you notice that something's wrong. So anyway, that's that's pretty much me. Spell words in front of the baby and the dog and the kitty so they don't know what you're saying. Jameskin, that's funny because um, our dog, our second dog we had here was a Border Collie. And our border collie was almost like a human, seriously. The dog was so smart that even spelling, I think, she might have been able to figure out what it meant by watching us. She definitely knew words. And when we had to leave her at a kennel, I left a list of words, and I said, these are the words that my dog might react to or be upset with, because she'll think we're here if you say words like mom, dad, you know, the people's names in the family she knew everybody by name and she was she understood english you would say you're you're crazy you just think that no come here i'll show you that dog would just i mean it's a wonder she didn't speak back to us She's very smart i used to call her from work and leave messages on the answering machine for the dog so that she'd know when i was coming home and um She'd be sitting right there beside the phone waiting for me to play them so she could wag when it was her message. It was a riot. Um, the other dogs we had were not like that, but the Border Collie was. She was something else. Let's see. What else? Um, yes. Um, Dottie, um, I don't see Dottie here today, but... Dottie posted a couple things to me that she wanted me to see today. And uh, I haven't had a chance to get back to them yet. One of them was Donald Trump, though. So if I can uh, maybe get a chance to go over there in a minute and see what it was, it might be something important. It had something to do with Maine. I think he's going to use Maine for something. And I don't know if it's to launch off a certain idea or to take um, take a... Um, Program or whatever you'd call it, like a plan that Maine has, and use it in a national way if he becomes president. Something he's going to promote. That's what I think it might be, and it may be related to the welfare thing. Um, let's see. Am has a YouTube about of uh, kittens. I'll have to take a look at that later. Scared to open anything while I'm in here fill your guts to the world on Facebook yes James can absolutely they're spying on us anyway so I put what I want out there it's uh, almost a joke sometimes I just you know whatever some of the stuff's made up anyway as you know nobody's really themselves when they're online they're they have their best foot forward usually and so you get the idea that their life's perfect when it actually isn't, but they're going to make it look that way because people want to hold their, you know, their image of themselves. Um, and Jameskin, I did get your two videos and I watched them, and they were very good. Um, I haven't been around the um, websites and videos of the. Um, lose the name topics lately. It would be Kate of Gaia. Um, I'm not sure if they're all still listed at the WordPress address that that uh, Kate of Gaia used to use because I haven't been there reading them. Because once I got the concept, I didn't really go back there a lot. I just felt like I had so many other things to do. I do believe it's true that we're not our name. I do believe all of that. I do believe that the name is the dead entity that is um, assigned to each baby so that they can steal your trust fund, basically, your your, uh, life, work, and everything else. Pretty sad. We are not our name. Our parents called us that, but that's not who we are any more than, you know, the pen is the book that you wrote. It's just... Uh, like a tool for commerce, so and I was laughing about it because I've had uh numerous pseudonyms that <laughs> I just think how many more pseudonyms am I gonna have? I have like you know the ginger cookie one, but I have another ginger one also with a last a normal last sort of normal last name that could be you know used. I can make up any name I want, and I have done it a few times, but not who I am. I'm wondering what my real name is, actually, because they say God has a name for us. I don't know what mine is. Um, Let's see. Desert Pete had a hard time getting in tonight. My uh, browser wouldn't open, and then it opened four times and I had to close it and come back in again out, and if they mess with us, maybe. Maybe it's just that it's the time of night when it's busy. So, um, I use Firefox, Valium was asking. The thing I'm finding interesting lately is that it'll tell me that it's running when there's nothing showing, and it's not showing in the task manager, and it's not showing on the screen, but it tells me it's running. So, Invisible Firefox is something I'm very interested in, how it can be running when you can't see it. So well, it's probably one of the Bluffdale, Utah things they do. Come in and mess around with you. Um, yes, I am. EBT cards, food stamps, SNAP, Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program people who need help with food and um, necessities who are are needing it, there is no question nobody has any problem whatsoever with that. And Mainers, are the, I mean, I don't care what the progressives say in Maine and how they attack our governor. It isn't about the people who need it who are eligible and need it. It's about the people who are lying about it working under the table, and they're living better than most of the people in Maine, and they're taking it, Um, because the people in Maine, for the most part, are also struggling. So it's like, what right do they have? And um, our governor is sticking up for us, the Maine people, and that's why he says he's not going to be um, providing assistance to people who are coming here from other countries illegally. Because the southern part of the state seems to think that's perfectly fine to do. And um, some of their state funding is being cut back because of it. So they're all screaming. They're having a fit about it. Saying that, you know, people are heartless and all this stuff. It's ridiculous. No, we're not. We're not heartless. Actually, Mainers are very generous. If you went to almost any house and you were needing something, they would be more than generous in helping you. That's just how it is here. We were raised that way for most of the state of Maine. Um, nothing but welfare frauds on EBT and welfare in New York City. Not surprised at all, Gene. And what's with that Bloomberg guy anyway? I mean, what's with that Bloomberg guy? I was talking about, I mentioned it on uh, the Able Danger chat today. There's a. Um, they did a petition drive in Maine. And he put the money up for it, so there's plenty of money behind it, and they're going to make a run at our Second Amendment rights here in Maine. I believe it's because we have um, kind of cutting-edge stuff going on here as far as protecting people's rights. We um, had the concealed, no, they call it constitutional carry, uh, affirmed, reaffirmed recently. And uh, people can carry in Maine without a concealed weapons permit. You don't need a concealed permit. You can get a concealed permit because you may go to other states that need them, but we don't need them here. You can conceal a weapon on your par- on your person, in your baggage, whatever you want to do, as long as you have not been restricted by something you've done. In other words, if you're not a convicted felon or something like that. So I could walk into the any place in public with a gun in my pocket. And uh, that took, I think that took effect, if I recall, it was last November or December maybe. I'm not sure the exact date. And amazingly, nobody is laying dead in the street because of it. Now, Bloomberg, he's got his agenda going on, and I'm trying to figure out just exactly why anybody's listening to him. Just because he has money? I mean, there's lots of rich people in the United States. Does that mean they go into somebody's state and... Fund people to try to um, fundamentally change their state. I think he's disgusting. He's a disgusting little twerk, is what he is. And every time I've ever seen him, he has a bunch of goons around him. So I guess his life's worth more than anyone else's. If he were carrying his own, he might not need need of goons with him. But anyway, I don't I don't care for him. Um, and uh, I, I just don't know what his story is, why they're up here. If anyone knows if he's also working on some other states at the same time, he probably is because usually when there's something like that going on, they have a big network of you know, people all over the place working on the same thing. But um, it's just craziness because when, when I first heard about it, I thought why are they even bothering with this petition because even if they get enough signatures, and they do get it on the ballot for a referendum. Even if it passes, how the heck are they going to enact any laws that go against our main state constitution, which it would? So at first they were talking about whether or not it would even be allowed on the ballot. Now it's going to be allowed on the ballot. So what, then could I go get a petition and have people sign it that says that, you know, you can't, let's see, what would I make up for a petition? You may not use motorcycles and. You know, whatever. I guess that wouldn't be one of them. It would have to be something that's constitutional. Um, you're not allowed to, um, oh, you have to let everybody walk through your house that wants to and then have that on the ballot. It's just, it's nuts. Anyway, and not to mention that it's somebody from New York, has nothing to do with Maine. Can you tell my back is up? I'm like... Ar. Okay. Does it? Pete's been prospecting.
3: Um...
2: Change the rules as they go. Bumping down the minimum required income to qualify, James Ginn said. Yeah, changing the rules as they go is one of the things they're famous for. Oh, that didn't work? Well. We're going to just tweak it a little bit. Now it'll work. We didn't know you guys were going to get mad about that, so we'll just back off a little bit and we'll try it again in about five years. Um, Firefox hates TalkShoe. I don't know. I, I've i been having a lot better luck with with uh, TalkShoe lately. I don't know if it's because I needed an update that I finally got or what. Uh, so far, you know, Knockwood, I have not had trouble in the last few weeks. The chat's nice and stable. Everything seems to be stable, so. Um, James says, his Firefox loves talk shoe.
3: 93, holy cow. Desert
2: Pete saying 93, top temperature for prospecting. Um... Jean, uh, regular gum also has aspartame in it, if you're talking about Wrigley, because I was surprised about it, and it's been that way for the past few years. Because I used to buy it all the time, double mint and juicy fruit, and it has aspartame in it. Around the time they went to the skinny pack and said it had a new fresh flavor or something is when they did it. I don't remember what year that was. Um, let's see, what else? I thought it was only the sugar-free Also because that's how it used to be But it isn't now They put it in a lot of things that um, You wouldn't expect it to be in So anything that's sweet Look at the ingredients Because a lot of times it'll be in there Even though there's sugar in there as the first ingredient It'll be down in the list somewhere Uh, Let's see Let's see Okay, we were talking about the aspartame down through here. I'm already reading a bunch of this stuff. Yes, bacteria poo, exactly. And um, I used to know which bacteria it was too. Um, Botulism, I think. Not sure. Whatever, whatever botulism is from. Not sure. I used to know it because I think it's what killed my husband, actually, aspartame. Um, diet products, full of it for diabetics, just absolutely full of it. Let's see. Hope you NSA guys aren't chewing aspartame gum. It lowers your intellect. Let's face it, you guys can't afford that. Good job, Valium. Good job at disparagement. I love it. And turnabout is fair play. So it's okay to give it back to people that are giving it to you. Other than that, no, we're going to turn the other cheek. We're going to be nice. We're going to be, you know, but these people are deliberately trying to harm other people. So it's not the same thing as attacking somebody. Sticking up for yourself. Defensive. Um, that's right, James, it creates cravings, so you eat more. <clears throat> It's horrible. It's horrible stuff. Yeah, my late husband died of a brain tumor, and I believe that's where it came from. That's right from that. So, Donald Rumsfeld, I hope you're enjoying your retirement on other people's lives. Speaking of uh, creepy criminal people. All right. Um, Wells Fargo made Desert
3: Pete drive 200 miles to find an ATM.
2: Belle Am, your mom, Um, what she did, having a full pantry and helping people, is what kept us alive last summer, somebody like her. Seriously, I couldn't go to this person's house, but they weren't opening up the cupboard saying, do you want some of this? You need some soup? How about some vegetables? Do you need this? It It was heartwarming and appalling all at the same time to have somebody be so generous like that but there were a few times I said yes to it because I needed it. Other than that, do you think I could have gone home and just sat down and, you know, that's what thats what irritates me so much about welfare waste is that these people that do it, they laugh about the fact that they are wasting people's money. they It's like they think it's free or something, that they don't have to participate in any way. That's the thing that bothers people. It's not the fact that people have, help because if they need help people will help them it's just natural of course we would but to have them you know actually laugh about the fact that they're exploiting the system and we actually knew people around here who were trading their ebt cards for drugs how are you going to stop that because there was no way to prove who's using it so they used it like cash here's a card give me my stuff ridiculous. they said that in Maine too there's a lot of um, multiple cards around because the people will report that they've been stolen or they've lost them so then they get another one cuz now they have a hardship again so it's just you know, it needs to be cleaned up and people need to tighten up on the expense uh of this money just flowing nobody really knowing where it went, no accountability, et cetera. So here's eight. Eight's here. Hello, eight. Eight is John. Okay. Hi, John. Bloomberg is highly overrated. I would say so. He's also anti-Big Soda, apparently. Ridiculous guy. I don't know what we can do about him. I mean, when people have a lot of money and everything, and you're you're a honest, decent person, and believe in laws, you are somewhat limited in what you can do with somebody like him. But honestly, there's just there's no wor- There are no words to explain. I mean, to um, try to describe what it is that I see wrong with his behavior. I guess. I don't understand it. I would no more think that I should go down to New York City and tell people in New York City what to do than anything. I would never even think that. So who is he and where does he get off? I mean, that's, I guess, where I'm coming from on that. Um, and I don't care about his political group either. He can kiss my ass and he can take his common cause people and they can all kiss my ass too. Because it's ridiculous. I guess I should make my own group. We'll, we'll call it the. Uh, oh, let's see, what can we call it? The I need something with a main main kind of idea to it, like blueberries or lobster or something. The lobster lobbyists of America, and we want. Michael Bloomberg to have to eat lobster every day, whether he wants to or not.
3: I'll have to think on that one. I'll come up with some idea. John
2: Bloomberg. Oh, not John. Bloomberg. Did somebody think I was talking about John? No, I was talking about Bloomberg. I don't know. Maybe I'm completely messing up. Yeah, if I had uh if I could be in charge of it and and do exactly what I want and make everybody else do it, I would say no robocalls, no automatic phone calling to anybody's home. Zero. It's a criminal offense if you do it. In fact I probably would make it a felony, just so people would take it seriously. No um automated phone calling to anybody because I'm paying for the phone. hello. It's my phone, and I'm being harassed with it by having it ring and not be anybody on the other end except a machine that you can't talk to so and it supposedly it used to be that way in Maine that you couldn't call somebody with a with automated equipment, but somewhere along the line, that must have changed because my phone rings several times a day, and there's not a person on the other end. It's a machine calling me. And I find that just disgusting. So if I could wave a magic wand or pound a gavel and say, this is it, today would be the last day that anybody could ever do that again. The other thing is loud motorcycles. I would I would ban loud motorcycles. And the reason is because they harass animals. My dog used to go berserk when she heard a Harley Davidson. I mean berserk. She would jump around inside my car and and actually like slather at the mouth, this was my not my Border Collie, the next dog I had, which was a Humane Society rescue dog that was, well, she had her Cujo moments. let's put it that way. I wouldn't even know there was anything happening and all of a sudden my dog would go berserk and it would be a Harley Davidson motorcycle she just couldn't take it and she wasn't the only dog that acted like that around them and to me there there's no reason for them to make that much noise it's alarming it's upsetting it's distracting to other drivers on the road to have somebody come up and suddenly just like blast you with those things so they would be gone so they are there's two of them when i'm in charge of the world so if you're a motorcycle rider i'm sorry but your rights don't overrule everybody else on the planet just because you're loud. Um, okay, the, uh Bell-Ams eating guacamole. John just turned 63, I guess. Um, George Orwell World. Look, Jean. I've been saying lately that I feel like we've gone into some kind of dimensional shift or something that maybe it's true because what the heck? Even Howie Carr this afternoon was saying, who would have ever expected the country to go downhill so fast? It's like it just went. He used the word rapidity, the rapidity with which the country has fallen. Who would have ever predicted that? I try to think back to even just 10 years ago, and it was nothing like this. I've decided that because it upsets me and it gets me riled up when I don't feel that I can always do much about it, I can do something. I always do something every day. But if I feel like I'm not getting anywhere and I need to take a break from it, I just think about the fact that it would have been a lot worse if we had done nothing. It would have it, We would have already been overrun by now. That's the way I feel about it. I think it would have happened probably six or seven years ago. But people started to figure it out. They started to say something about it, and now a lot more people are paying attention. Um, I see every day. I see examples of that every day, that people are paying attention. Okay. Jean um, saying using... using um, Lemon every day. Yeah, I try to have lemon. I love lemon anyway. Um, Belliam, yeah, talking about your mom again, about the the poverty and um, trying to feed the family and all that, even as a child. My mother grew up in that during the Depression. The person that I said was like your mother that helped us last year was raised in poverty also. Um, she's one of my most admired people. She's extremely successful now. She's an older lady, but um, has a business. She's just retiring from it turning it over to her sons. But um, just, I just think the world of her. She's a wonderful person. Um, she ended up being like mother to some of the children because there were so many. I can't remember how many in her family. She had a lot, though, too. I bet she had almost 18 kids in the house, too, when she was growing up. But um, she would tell stories about how she never had a doll until she was in her 20s. Um, But she had her baby sister that was like her child that she took care of. So she had a live doll. Um, She talked about um, living in a small house where their couch in their living room was actually an old truck seat. That's what they sat on. And they used to do all kinds of things with the family. She said they did entertaining. They would, like, you know, set up a little stage and they'd sing to each other and do all kinds of stuff. They had a very cool family as far as doing things with nothing. And, you know, people like that, they understand. They know that people fall on hard times and need help and they're willing to do it. If they can do it, they will. And, um, you know, I admire people like that very much. My grandmother, who was the mother of, of, of my obviously, my mother's side, um, during the Depression, that woman was about as close to a saint of anyone I've ever met in my life. I really admired my grandmother. So I try to be like her if I can, and I try to think of how she would handle something and try to be like her. She was a very just wonderful role model, and I only got to see her once a year. We'd go and see her once a year for um, summer vacation for a couple of weeks. That was it. So, wish I'd had more time with her. Um, Let's see. We're still talking about baking soda, lemon. Yeah, I have baking soda in my water right now, actually. Okay. What else? You guys are still chatting. I'll never get to the bottom of this, but... I don't know how much I really have to talk about tonight. Anyway, I have a lot of corruption-type stuff, but it's just the same stuff. People get in positions where they can steal, and they just steal. It's in every state, I'm sure. Oh, by see am with a sad face, and I don't know why. I missed whatever it was. Um, one of my classmates from high school that lives out in Las Vegas area, had surgery today on her throat and neck, and everybody was concerned, and people have been praying for two or three days for her well-being, and she is apparently out of surgery, and everything went well, and hopefully she still has her voice. She was extremely worried about (coughs) losing functions like, um, um, I'm trying to think what else. It's not just singing and speaking, but other things that relate to your that area of the throat. She was so scared. So answers to prayers, always good, right? And my sister had a friend that had triple bypass today. Same thing. Lots of prayers. She's out doing well, and her heart's got a good heartbeat. So, so there's been some stories in the past week, things to be thankful for. Always there are. Just looking around and you see them because we get um, taken off task and focused on things sometimes that are just to pull us down. And um, gotta keep getting up. Get just keep getting up again. Okay, let's see. No, Ginger, don't let them near your ass. Ah, germs, poo breath, etc. Uh oh. What the heck was I talking about that brought that on? <laughs> okay, let's see.
3: I told Bloomberg
2: off in the Columbus Day Parade while we were marching. That's Jean. Good for you, Gene. I'm glad. This was while he was mayor. Yeah, see, that's the thing. That's what I love. No shit I did, he says, while he was mayor. I love it. I was taking photos in the parade wearing a Mike Piazza Met jersey while the Yankees were in World Series. He commented on it, and I told him to wake up. Piazza is Italian. Well, the thing is that when you have the chance to say something and you don't do it, you'll always regret it. Like, my God, I was standing right there. I could have said something. I could have done something. That's why I said I was really kind of amazed at myself the day that I marched right up to John Carey because he he had no expectation that anybody would come in there. I mean, why would they? He was getting ready to go on uh, up to speak at the podium, and it was in a little side room, and I was wandering around, and I just saw the opportunity, literally. He was standing there with somebody, and there was no one else around. And I saw him through the doorway, and I said, this is my chance. I'm going in. So I went in, and somebody had come from the other side, and they were shaking his hand and talking to him and everything. So I just stood there quietly and waited politely. And when they left, I, I shook his hand, and he was all smiles like a politician, and I just didn't let go of his hand. It was a great technique. I would do it again. <laughs> I just held his hand, and I said, I told him what I thought. I wish, in a way, that it had happened a little further along when I knew more because I might have kicked him in the shins. <laughs> now they probably would have hauled me off if I'd done that, but I might have had something different to say, let's put it that way, if I, if it was today rather than then. I'm not sure they'd let a Secretary of State be um, standing there for somebody like me to show up, though. So. But he wasn't Secretary of State, then he was just... <laughs> I don't know. Was he still even a senator? He probably was still a senator. But um, but that's what you have to do. You have to take the opportunity. Said the queen, if I had balls, I'd be king. True story. And speaking of that, shall we go to the transgender bathroom deal? Look, if nobody had made a big point of it, nobody would have known the difference. Making a big point of it is what has caused all the controversy. And uh, I'm sorry that Target's losing money like hand over fist, but this is what happens in business when you decide to put political activism into a business formula. It just doesn't work because some of your customers are not going to agree with you. And you might have had 100% support from your customers, and now all of a sudden you have whatever the public opinion is, on any given issue. So if most people are against your decision, you're going to lose a lot of business. And if, even if most people are in agreement with you, you're still going to lose business. So you're going to lose no matter what. best to not mix the two things together. It's something we learned in Maine a long time ago. I told you guys, it's like... In Maine, things are very different because we have people who are related to somebody, like, fairly closely in almost any area of the state or any type of business or uh, political realm, you know, like legislature. I have a relative right now who's going to be running for legislature. I hope the heck that he doesn't get in because he is like... Uh, I wouldn't say he's a Hillary minion. He'd probably be more like an Obama minion or a Bernie Sanders minion, um, a labor guy. Can't see anything but whatever they tell him. And um, he's up against, I'm talking about rubbing up against people in a, not close friendship, but in a political alliance that... I am not happy to see because I know what these people do because I'm older. he's being used for who he is and who he's related to, and it's it's a sad situation because um when you once you can see that it you can't unsee it again when you know somebody's being manipulated because of what they can do for somebody as soon as they can't do it for them anymore, they're out. They're out, uh, destroyed sometimes, depending on what's the most efficient thing. And, um, boy, while they're riding that wave, though, it feels really good to them. And uh, it's just like ick. I feel like ick. Take a shower. You know, (laughs) take a shower. But in Maine, what I mean to say is that um, we have to be really careful not to mix too much of the political life, in with our business life, in with our family life, because in Maine we know each other. And we frequently know each other over a long period of time, like school or work together somewhere, or married into somebody's family. It's only a million, three hundred thousand people, you'd be surprised how close of a relationship most of us have up here. So. It just goes on and on and on. That's why I tell you I see things and I go, oh, my gosh. I uh, know things because somebody told me one little piece and didn't think I could put it together. But I know five other people that are involved in it, so I can. That's just how it is. All right.
3: Uh, um, let's see.
2: Um, sounded out, Carrie. What I did, Gene, was I walked up to him. It was at the Democratic caucuses. It must have been 2008 that year because uh, I wasn't active in 2012 because I was disgusted. I didn't want anything to do with either party or anything. I didn't even vote in 2012. It was the first presidential election I didn't vote in in my entire adult life because I just couldn't do it i was like there's no way i know this is a con game and i don't like either of the people why would i go there and make it look good for them so i didn't go but anyway in 2008 i did work on democratic party things i was very active um and i was at the caucuses in bangor and john kerry had come to make a speech and pump up the obama candidacy because at that time hillary was pretty strong too as most people remember, and uh, no, it wouldn't have been then, He, yeah, he ran right before, right, he ran in 2004, didn't he, <clears throat> I believe he ran in 2004, and after the 2000 mess down in Florida, there was a mess in Ohio, and Kerry was, Kerry should have won, but didn't, and what I was chastising about to his face was that he gave up. But see, now I realize that he probably was just playing a game the whole time, and he was always going to give up. I don't know, but at the time, we all worked so darn hard. We didn't even really want Kerry in the first place, but we all united behind him and made sure that, you know, he was going to win. And when that same manipulation happened in Ohio, where there were some different, um areas of Ohio that were obviously messed with. The statistics showed it. The numbers, the math showed it. There was no doubt. Um, I was just disgusted that he didn't fight, and that's what I said to him. I said, I was so mad at you or so angry that you didn't fight back that you just gave up. And he hung his head down. And I always wondered since whether that was an act as well or whether he really did hang his head down because he knew I was right. You know, in other words, somebody saw it. So I don't know. It was was just a good thing anyway because sometimes I think that when they get to the point where they think they're just untouchable, no one's ever going to say anything to them because it wouldn't be polite or, you know, they're they've reached such a pinnacle of their life that they don't have to listen to anybody. I think it's a good thing for them to have to listen to somebody, even if it's for two minutes. Sorry, I laughed when I just said two minutes. All right. So I've been talking now for an hour, and I haven't even gotten to anything from the news. I'm just reading off of the chat room. It's really true, Veliam. I could talk for hours and not stop about anything. Okay. So let's see. Um, Yeah, Velium. I ain't sorry, Target, losing biz, hand over fist, dummies. I'm not sorry either. I was just there today too, but I don't go there very often. Oh, I wanted to tell you a little funny thing that happened while I was there today. I went out to buy coffee because they usually have the best price on coffee, and it's a little trip from where I live. So it takes probably 15, 20 minutes to get there. And I know if you live in California or something, it would take you three and a half hours to go the same distance. But anyway, here it's not that bad. So I drove out there and I went in the store and and the grocery section is way on the other end. So you have to walk through the entire store to get to the grocery section. So I went all the way down there and they had the big big ones of uh, Maxwell House, which is what we usually get. And there was a little... Thing on the shelf that said like
1: 7.19,
2: and I thought, well, that's pretty good. I wonder if it's all of them. So I looked at the tag, and it said gourmet roast. Well, I like Colombian, so I took the Colombian one, and I went to one of their little scanner things, and I checked it, and it said 7.99. So I said, oh, I guess this one's not on sale, but that's weird because usually all of them are on sale if they have a sale on coffee. So when I went to check out. At the cashier, I mentioned it because she, she had said to me, oh, is coffee on sale today? And I said, I'm not sure because it might have just been one of them, which is odd. I thought that was odd. And she said, well, I don't know. So she pulls out the flyer and she looks all through it. And I said, well, I don't want to take up your time because it really was not that much difference. It was like 80 cents. not really worth taking up your time. If you can't find it, don't worry about it. She says, no, no, I don't mind. So she looks through the whole thing. I said, okay. So she looks through the whole thing and she says, I don't see any coffee in here, so you should just go over to the, whatever they call it, service desk or whatever, and ask. I said, well, it really, you know, I don't want to bother anybody. She said, they won't care. They'll know right away. So I said, all right. So I went over. Nobody was there. It was me and me alone, for a couple minutes anyway. And it was so odd, I actually told somebody about it when I came back because I was that was so weird. They must really be scared of losing customers. Because all I did was ask if it was supposed to be on sale, and she said, she, "This is what she said to me. Do you think it was on sale?" And I said, "I don't know. There was a tag there, but I, it may have just been for one kind, not all of them. But that's odd because usually it's for all of them if you have a sale." She said, "Well." And she's typing in her computer while I'm talking, you know. She goes, well, what did you think the price was? <laughs> I looked at her like, what? She said, what, what did the tag say or what did you think the price was? And all I could think of is, is this a quiz, you know? It was funny. I said, I think it said $7.19. She says, okay, it's only $0.80 cents. here. She gives me the $0.80 cents and the slip for adjusting it. She had to take it out and put it back in or something to adjust it. She gave me 80 cents. And I said, I know. I didn't really think it was worth it. She said, nope, that's fine. She said, sometimes it's just strange. Like the other day we had something that was pink that was on sale, but the blue one wasn't. And she said, so we just honored it. So I was like, all right. <laughs> so I left. And all I could think of is, yep, they've changed their tune now, boy. Whatever you go in there and say is you're going to be right no matter what. And I really didn't care. Seriously, 80 cents wasn't going to make make or break my day, so it was kind of funny. I think Target is feeling a lot of pressure um, because there's just there's no way they're going to win now at at it, no matter what they do. They can't win. Um, the Target store that we have here actually has a third bathroom, and it has I think it's the whole time it's been here. It's not a really old store or anything, but it has what they call a family bathroom, which is a single bathroom. For, I think I talked about this last week, for people that need to go in there with a, a group. Like I used to have to go in the bathroom with my husband and help him because he was so ill. So, you know, it's not like, not like it's a huge deal, and nobody would ever say anything anyway about it. So it doesn't need to be made into a big political football, in my opinion. If I go in the bathroom and I see some guy in there, I'm going to just ask him what the hell's wrong with him. And I won't mind saying it either. And they could go and call a cop. I don't know. I'll just say I thought he was mentally ill because he was in the wrong room. <clears throat> anyway. We just have to stand up for ourselves a little more than we do, I think. All right. What else? Down to the bottom yeah.
3: Uh, Oh, my
2: God. If I know a man acts like a girl before I go in, I'll piss all over the seat and leave it down. You're just not very nice, Jean. What if you were feeling like a girl that day and you wanted to go in there? That's the problem. It's not the fact that there's transgendered people. The problem, which is what it's being made to sound like, that's not what the problem is, in my opinion. The problem is is that everybody's rights are not being considered, only those people's rights. And when you only consider one group of people's rights, you do create harm in other ways. And the other thing that happens is you allow um, the cover for the people who aren't there to uh, behave in a civil manner. In other words, people who are going to take advantage. And we do have lots of that in our society right now, as you know, because we're seeing it everywhere.
3: All right. <clears throat> okay, I don't know what all that means.
2: Eight. have to go and look at that again. The gumball video I may have seen before. I think that's... If it's the one I'm thinking of, it's very good. Um, Jean's saying, every country is experiencing a watering down of their nation. Well, you know, it's the UN agenda. In my opinion, this is what's going on. It's the UN agenda, which is that they want to create the entire world um, to be very similar and operate in the same way and look the same way and You know, I had this theory from back when I started noticing that if you look at cities in the United States and you look at cities in Europe, for example, um, a lot of the things will look exactly the same. And if someone were just picking out, like, fencing, lampposts, brick designs, um, benches, trash receptacles, signage, and things like that, if individuals were doing this or committees in certain areas of the world, they wouldn't pick the exact same thing. There's a reason why everything looks alike, and to me it's to make a unified um, experience for people no matter where they go. You really wouldn't know where you are, except in a city with the same commercial interests, etc. You know, the universal signage, I kind of understand it because if you don't speak the language you still need to know certain things but it's to the point where every sign even things that don't matter for those reasons are made to be uniform and what's the reason for that, why do we need that why can't we have our own style wherever we are only words you know no parking, doesn't have to look exactly the same everywhere in the world So yeah, our societies and our cultures are being watered down They're being changed to the point where it won't even matter anymore And uh, we'll all be crying out for help Please help, fix all this, control us We don't know what we're doing Like who's going to come and be our daddy Somebody has to tell us how to do everything Because we're lost and we have no idea so who's the daddy? Is it going to be um, Barack Obama? Is he going to be daddy? Bernie Sanders? Donald Trump? I don't think Donald Trump wants to be daddy. We'll find out. Time will tell. Jean um, is talking about Anthony Sutton. I have heard of him, and I don't know why. Probably I have seen things or read things and it was maybe two or three years ago, and that's why it's gone out of my mind again. Um, I'll try to get back to it and see if I remember anything about it. Um, let's see, also mentioning Charles Austin Beard. I didn't go in the bathroom today, Lamb. when I went to Target.
3: does it Pete talk about left pastor?
2: Jameskin says, "What if you feel like a nut?" We know what that. We know what that is, Jameskin. Um, if you feel like a nut, it's almond joy, and if you don't, it mounds. We all know that.
3: Joking with you.
2: Okay. Um, Black hooded terror is saying the great bathroom debate. Yeah, I was talking about it for a couple of minutes. I went to Target today, that's why. so it reminded me of it. Um, eight is uh, going with the, uh, ran, uh, with the uh, making the nice equilibrium, the balance in life. On even days is a male and on odd days a female. It could work, John. It could work. So Velium says on odd days you can shop at the Target. Actually John could shop at Target on any day and it would still be okay because everybody's welcome at Target. <laughs>
3: of this, I don't know what it means. I don't know what that means, James Kinn.
2: Um, individual rights are something else altogether. Human rights are the creation of the communists. Well, I think that when you say human rights, it means something different to different people. Like, if you ask me what human rights are, it would be like the right to, you know, not starve to death, the right to water, air, Um, not being in fear of your life, um, that kind of thing. Being left alone, I would consider a human right. Like, if I'm not bothering anyone, you're to leave me alone, not interfere with me. Um, Individual rights, I mean, that to me, that's all it really is, is leave me alone. Individual rights. Because um, you shouldn't have to be part of a collective of any kind unless you choose to be part of a collective. People that are born on this planet are not born to be used by other people who don't have a superior position over them. They think they do because they designed it that way, but they really don't. So...
3: All right, Jameson's going to keep the rights he
2: came here with. Um, Black-hooded terrorist says, just wear Depends, don't worry about the bathroom, man. True, but Depends stink, you know? I mean, you got to change them a lot or they start to smell bad. And I don't think I want to have to um, wear Depends just so that I can um, use the bathroom. Not use the bathroom, I mean. It reminds me of that astronaut that went from Texas to Florida wearing diapers so she could attack somebody. Didn't she kill somebody's wife or something? And didn't that have something to do with Gabby Gifford's husband? For some reason, I think it did. But I'm not sure. Another thing to try to refresh your memory if you're interested in it, but wasn't that something to do with Gabby Gifford's husband? Like this astronaut worked with him or something. I don't know. Does anyone else remember that story where the woman put on diapers and she was an astronaut and went all the way to Florida so she wouldn't have to stop and use the bathroom? That's pretty psycho, if you ask me. <clears throat> Maybe she was used to them from being in space or something. I don't know.
3: Um, let's see. Um
2: Hey you Jean. Talking about Anthony Sutton better than reading anything Able Danger has to offer. Field's new book is out. It's been printed and it's twenty dollars and they'll ship it anywhere you want it want it to uh, be shipped to. There's a there's an email address to ask for the books and um I can't remember it right offhand, so if you're interested in buying one of those books it's called uh, Bent no, Gadget Bent. And I think the series name is Shake Hands with the Devil. And it is let's see he's already started working on book number two. And it's going to be um an expose. It's got a lot of expose type stuff in it. So people can have it in their hand and they can go and verify the information themselves and maybe choke on some of their own beliefs. That would be wonderful because there's been an awful lot of people talking about how nothing can be true when it actually is true and we know it. As a group, we know it. We may not know it individually, but we know it as a group because we've been in every place, seen every system, just about far as the ones that we know of and um, it's not very hard when you have a lot of people who will um, feel brave enough to chime in so it's not something that was created out of imagination really it was created out of people's life experiences so I think it has a lot of credibility we'll see somebody that was in the chat today named John Patterson posted a video today, um, which I listened to right after the Able Danger show was over. And I was very, well, I'd say a little bit inspired because here's yet another person who is doing what they can do. And uh, it reminded me of Mike Gill, who is the one that Dottie has told us of and that I've also mentioned who is exposing corruption in the state of New Hampshire. This was like something Mike Gill would do. John Patterson called up Nicholas Soames, um, who is, I believe, grandson of Winston Churchill, and confronted him on the telephone, and or confronted his office. I'm not sure if it was actually his voice or somebody in the office. I need to listen to it the second time, because I didn't get everything the first time. This was first put up on September twenty first, two thousand fifteen. And it says John Patterson causes firestorm. Didn't mean about that. That's a characterization. Here's the link to it. And uh, so there are people out there who are willing to put their neck, you know, on the chopping block basically.
3: And uh that's in u k so I'm gonna put u k in the in the parentheses.
2: I've been listening to Mike Gills videos quite a bit, um trying to get those names into my head for New Hampshire, so that when I hear them mentioned in regard to things in the national political scene or in Maine or Vermont, because I have relatives in Vermont as well who are talking about corruption over in Vermont. I need to go back and get some of those links because it kind of makes me wonder if these are all the same, what they call supply chains. I have a feeling they are. Because if you look at a map, we're not that far geographically from any of these other places. So why wouldn't they be connected?
3: Um, oh,
2: gosh, Jean. So, the Chinese wear depends at the casinos in case they get hot at the tables. Wonderful. Great. Black hooded terror says it's illegal to want to be left alone. <laughs> Good grief. Well, Jean, I realize that. It's kind of gone, you know, what did you say? The right to be left alone has gone the way of the dodo. That may be true, but you can still do an awful lot to uh, minimize your um, contact with people who don't leave you alone. It's just, just keep withdrawing. Withdraw, withdraw, withdraw. Cut off, cut off, cut off. Um Is there an E, Vanna? See ya and raise ya uh, M. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. So probably I'll just stop.
3: I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. You saw Vanna? The real Vanna? Wow.
2: I don't know if I've seen that many famous people. Stephen King, of course, because he lives not that far from me when he's in Maine. Had his kids in school, so I saw him there. Who else have I seen that's famous? See, I'm not that impressed by people who are famous or rich, so they don't really stick in my head that much. I'll think on it. There may be other people. <clears throat> oh, saw her on TV. Okay. All right. So now that I've taken an hour and a half just talking, probably ought to do something otherwise, so that there's some content,
3: not just my ramblings.
2: Um. Somebody was talking about. The Guardians Who Protect the Elites, and they were talking about the Tories. This was also in UK. I don't have any idea why I saw this if somebody gave me this link today or if I saw it like Godlike Productions or somewhere, who knows. His name is Chunky Mark, the artist taxi driver. He put this up yesterday. Um, He was expressing himself quite loudly. It's a fairly short video. And it's another person who's doing what he can, like Mike Gill and like the other guy, John Patterson. So this is uh, Chunky Mark. I don't know who that is. That's also UK. About Tories. Every once in a while we talk about Tories here in Maine because we had some famous historical incidents in Maine regarding Tories. We had Tories here. Um, there were fights between people in Maine back during those days that were very violent, and they were within the same families as well because we had people who were over here um, starting starting their lives in the new world, basically, and then they had their families that were still overseas in, like... Um, Still active in England, and there were people who thought they should be loyal to the king and all this stuff. So there was there were there were incidents that took place here. And someday I will drag those out too. One I believe was in Castine, or that's just where some of the people ended up because I know that the town still looks like it. It still looks like it's British. It's funny. And then the other one was uh, Hamden, which is just down the river from us. They had a battle, I think, in Hamden with cannons and everything.
3: Um, Let's see, what else do I have? That's
2: yellow. Oh, some kids here. This was kind of a cool human interest type of thing. Something to be proud of if you live in Maine. Something we would always be proud of in the past, anyway. Um, We had Maine teens who won awards at the International Science Fair in Phoenix, so they're getting out into the world. And um, I just wanted to tell you what their projects were. Main teens were lauded recently for growing a kidney and solving a pollution problem. This was written by Stephanie Burrell and it was put on today. Uh, Dimitri Maxim, a senior at Gould Academy, won first place in his category for his work in developing a way to grow kidney cells from skin tissue. He was awarded three other awards at a special awards ceremony. It was his third time competing at the Intel International Science and Engineering Fair. Paige Brown, a senior at Bangor High School, won first place in her category for designing a method for removing the pollutant phosphorus from stormwater. It was Brown's second time competing at the fair as top winners at Maine State Science Fair, they competed along with Bangor Junior Sydney McDonald against 1,750 other teens at the fair. The Maine State Science Fair is sponsored by the Jackson Laboratory and Maine Mathematics and Science Alliance. Um, I love that people get recognition for this stuff. On the other hand, I'm always nervous about it because this is the kind of thing that um, the Global elites look for for their leadership people. They actually scout these types of things and see who is top of the you know top of everything, so they can recruit from that. That's how I feel about it anyway. We're um, talking about gangsters in the chat. If you want to read the chat later on, um, it's chatgrabber.com and you just enter the show ID, 94426, and then you put in the episode that you want to read, um, read the chat from.
3: 246 is tonight. Okay, I did that one. Um,
2: there was a really good video going around. I'd, I think this might have been seen on Facebook. A lot of news is coming across Facebook now. I know it's being skewed towards the progressive side, but it also has things that you can go and look up um, that people have posted on there themselves. If it hasn't been removed, there's people like me and like Dottie and others who can share things really fast by putting them on our Facebook. It was called, This is How Corrupt the Political System Is Um, uh, I'm going to put it on and let you listen to it Because most of it is just audio anyway And then people moving around Talking, you know, like saying you can't be here And that kind of stuff So I'll put that on, you can listen to it Get tea or whatever Get something to drink And we'll see if there's anything else that's really that earth shattering Or if um, maybe doesn't want to call in tonight Um, I'm starting to wake up now (laughs) A little bit, I'm starting to feel a little better Okay, so this is probably six minutes. I don't think that's terribly long because um, what's given out as information is kind of interesting on it. All right, I'll be back in a few minutes. This was uh, just posted two days ago, and it regards uh, ALEC, which is the um, political group that meets with lobbyists and then decides what what the laws are going to be in various states i mean they just kind of write it ahead of time and then the people go back and they just put in their own state name and it's all good because everything matches it's just great globalism just another manifestation of it okay let me get this set up and then i'll stop for a minute
3: Lobbyists have
0: an equal vote. A place they don't want you to see. Um, you need to be credentialed. That register. We are credentialed. We are Georgia. We're Georgia media. Are there legislators in there? Are there legislators in there? We are Georgia credential media.
2: Over here. Please step over here.
0: What? We're, not, there's Georgia legislators here. Are laws being made in there? This isn't the state capitol. It's a resort hotel in Savannah where lawmakers are wined and dined as members of the American Legislative Exchange Council, or ALEC.
2: What is ALEC? It's uh, really a corporate bill mill. I mean, they're cranking out legislation, putting it in the hands of legislators who go back and file it.
0: Georgia Senator Nan Orrick would know she was once an ALEC member. What happens in these back rooms?
2: they are votes taken that have the corporate folks at the same
4: table voting with the legislators on what bills to pick. And that, that at its
2: core just screams out
0: inappropriate. You're telling me that in these rooms a corporation has an equal vote with a legislator on a piece of legislation?
4: They absolutely vote, and truth be told, they write the bills.
0: ALEC bills come complete with blanks where legislators need only fill in their state name. Like the Asbestos Claims Priorities Act, this Georgia law that now prevents many asbestos victims from suing corporations matches the ALEC bill clause after clause, often word for word. The final vote was taken here at the Georgia Capitol, but the bill was first approved here inside a Las Vegas casino at a closed-door ALEC meeting. Records show the three Georgia senators who sponsored the bill received more than $22,000 in ALEC scholarships to attend resort meetings the year before, during, and after the asbestos law was passed. This is money from corporations to legislators, but it's being filtered through ALEC, and they get a tax write-off? Well, ALEC is a 501c3
2: organization, Charitable Educational Purposes.
0: That's right, ALEC is an educational charity. The signature of Georgia's Speaker of the House, David Ralston, appears on this 2013 ALEC fundraising letter. He writes, your support of the scholarship fund is critical, enabling Georgia legislators to attend the annual meetings. Donations are 100% tax-deductible and fund education efforts for legislators. Doing the educating? Inside that closed-door committee room in Savannah we couldn't show you, we saw the lobbyist for the cell phone industry seated across from Georgia State Rep. Ben Harmon right before we were pulled out. Here we're credentialed to observe legislators here in Georgia, wherever they meet, to discuss laws. He's calling for backup. Alex Staffers had four off-duty sheriff's deputies standing by while we talked with the group's director of communications. Can we do an interview with him? Actually, no. Um, Why not? Um, if you please turn the camera off. No, we can't turn the camera off. We, you know, that's one thing we don't do. Okay. Well, then I'd like to have you c- escort it out of the building. Please. Okay. We, I'm a guest at this hotel. I'm actually staying here. You are staying at yeah. this hotel. So here's the question is, if Georgia legislators are meeting here, we're credentialed right here to see Georgia legislators making laws. Are they discussing things that could become law here? Georgia legislators are here participating in discussions or they're learning from legislators from others. So why can't the people who elected them see the process? This is a private meeting. A private meeting paid for by whom? By our members and donors. Our lobbyists, correct? No. Are you here for this conference, too? Uh, Are you, uh, we met two lobbyists and a state representative from New England in the hotel bar the night before and recorded our conversation. Do you have to pay like okay. your own way? Well, on a trip like this, I'm big right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And I
4: look for uh, financial support right lobbyists like you know, to send us a couple thousand bucks every so often. That gives me money to help those folks with
0: it. Now, the um, yeah, you know we pay more
1: here to help support
0: you do, you do. I see, you so the work. lobbyist uh, fees to come to the event actually help subsidize the legislator coming here. Our lobbyists, correct? No. They're not lobbyists. The ones that we recorded in the bar last night aren't lobbyists who are here members. He signals to the sheriff's deputies. Alright, we're I'm a guest to the hotel, not, not sir. So long. Not for so long. I'm I'm here okay. about paying guests to this hotel, sir. We'll take care of that. Okay. Escort you up to your room and get your things. Did we violate some law or something? I mean are we violating a law here? I'm say no. Don't Say nothing. One of the Georgia senators who sponsored that asbestos bill, Renee Unterman, told the 11 Alive investigators she later dropped out of ALEC, calling it a group of angry white men controlled by industry, not legislators. Major corporations like Atlanta-based Coca-Cola have also dropped out of ALEC.
2: Wow, eye-opening to say the least. Do lawmakers have to report payments for travel to these kinds of resort meetings?
0: You would think, Brenda, but in Georgia the answer is no. We filed half a dozen open records requests with Georgia legislators, including the Speaker of the House asking for receipts and reimbursements to ALEC events. Well, today we received this letter from their lawyer, your request is denied. Quote, the General Assembly is not subject to the Georgia open records law. Oh. In other words, lawmakers specifically exempted themselves from a law they passed to make Georgia government more transparent. The good thing more you made it out there. The standing for
2: Yeah, absolutely. Wow. This is just baffling. We'll stay on yeah, And we wouldn't know it had it not been for this no. report. No. All right, Friends, thank you. Mind-blowing. Thank you. Mind blowing. Thank you. There, so um, things are happening other places as well. That was just a person there exposing it. He was just asking the questions and going to the meeting and saying, why can't I go in there and film it? Um, We already knew they were doing these kinds of things because we talked about it in here, about how um, the procedures are kind of laid out ahead of time as to whether or not... um, a certain law needs to be passed everywhere. They just kind of do it. They At first it would be like, this is a good idea that you have this kind of thing in all the states. And then it became, now you have to have it in all the states. And um, one of the things that I put a wrench in one time, which was a few years ago, I went to a state sales tax meeting. Um, it was to tr- teach businesses about their um, obligations under sales tax laws, collecting the sales tax, um, what you can do regarding advertising or you know other things regarding sales tax, like you can't use it in an ad, you can't talk about that people don't have to pay the sales tax and you, you'll pay it for them or anything like that. Um, there were certain specific things that were taught in this all-day workshop about sales tax. And during the course of it, they were talking about having a uniform sales tax across the United States. And, of course, I had to ask a question. I had to say something. And what I said was, why would you do that? Why does it make any difference whether or not Maine is uniform with other places? And the person who was presenting, she was like one of the deputies, I think, of the the director of the Maine Revenue Service, She said, um, well, it it makes it easier for people that are doing business in all 50 states. So like large um, commercial interests such as Walmart, it makes it easier for them. And I said, so our, our state is concerned with what is good for Walmart. And at that time, that was a shock. Today, it probably wouldn't be. Everybody would say, well, yeah, I mean, they're in every state, so you want to make it easier for them. But at the time, it kind of put a monkey wrench in for a little bit longer. So that made me feel good, too, having an influence when you can. Okay, so I'm going to unmute Desert Pete, see what's going on out there, because I've just got a bunch of little just things. I might put some links in the chat and just let it go at that. <clears throat> Hi, Desert Pete. How are you tonight?
4: Uh, toasted. Uh-oh. It's been hot. Um...
2: From the heat. Yeah.
4: My whole tirade tonight is on banking. Uh, Wells Fargo's only ATM in Ridgecrest, California has been down for four days in a row. I absolutely had to get a deposit in today, and they tried to tell me, oh, we have a photo deposit from your cell phone. Hmm. I got kind of rude with them on that one. Uh Quoting what I can say over the air, uh, I was a photographer for 30 years. Once Photoshop got invested, I will never trust a photograph. And you banks are trusting a photograph of a check? I said, that's immoral. You're what nuts. What did they say
2: to you? Uh, what did they say?
4: Oh, yes, we understand, sir. Yeah, you know, we're right. Uh-huh. They, they just wrote me off as that case, but... Uh, Good luck guys getting honest deposits from a photograph. Hmm. Uh, I don't know what nitwit approved that, but it's not just Wells Fargo doing it. I've I've seen ads from other banks. Yep. Uh doing it too. That, that's Do crazy. you have
2: to send the check in though? I mean, is it just um
4: you you just email a photograph
2: from and your you cell phone? I never send the check.
4: I don't know what you do with the check, Things I think like you destroy it after you send a photograph <laughs> i i I haven't enrolled in it an obviously, and I'm not about to, so I don't know the details, but that's crazy that that that's absurd. I thought checks had magnetic ink in it or something to and I think we've discussed the uh the signature line has that that microfiche text underneath it. Yeah. Uh with another legal comment underneath the the signature. And I thought, well, that's in in the bizarre world of of legalities. I thought that's what made that paper valuable was because of all that that spooky stuff on it. Yeah. And a photograph from your cell phone? Oh, give me a break. Um so in any event, uh, after day number four, I had to get it in, and the next deposit is uh, hundred and eight miles from here. Wow. The next ATM, and so that's where I drove today. So, in a in a humorous sort of fashion, Wells Fargo is forcing me to do gold prospecting now.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's ironic.
4: Yeah, so in order to do any paper transactions, I have to drive 108 miles down to the nearest working ATM and uh, do that, and then of course I keep the metal detector in the trunk in my cowboy boots because it is snake season out here now, and uh, yeah. uh, and then do a little prospecting on the way back. So the the optimistic news—I won't say good news—the optimistic news is I've I've identified. Uh, Uh, goodness, not two, three, maybe about five wash areas where the rain washes down from hills known to have gold in it. So uh, who knows what's in those drainage ditches. And I see, well, one of the most prominent drainage ditches that really got the most violent uh, wash action during our, our gully busters we have out here every now and then. Uh, I noticed there was a a barbed wire fence on each side of the wash, but it was wide open access for anyone to walk through the wash, and the wash is where the Nuggets would be at. So, uh, anyway, I've I've got some prime areas to go prospecting in now.
2: Oh, you could be uh, rich soon. (laughs) Well, you never know.
4: So, So the theory goes, yeah. Well, I'm putting the thing to work. So... Uh, due to the heat, my late start for the day, I only got about 30 minutes of prospecting in today, and all I found was a, a huge chunk of iron, which after I dug down to it, uh, it was some old rusty iron cylinder about the size of a shock absorber on a big truck. Uh, so yeah, it definitely set off my metal detector. Once I had identified it as iron, I, I didn't go any further, so I don't know what it was. The funny thing is, I found uh, hiking up this wash. I found uh, a type of mushroom I had never seen before. It looked like a morel, if you're familiar with those.
2: No, I don't know mushrooms at all.
4: Okay, uh, morels. Oh boy, they're hard to describe. They're, They're not the the capped mushroom kind. They're they've got a unique texture on them. They're just kind of a an oval top cylinder that uh has a unique texture in the, in its skin that that's a, mor- a morel which i've mm. been told is a delicious mushroom and quite expensive in restaurants that serve it uh well, i found one that looked like it but boy it had some weird colors so
2: <laughs> yeah i don't dare with mushrooms just because of the fact you could get the wrong one
4: yeah well at least I, I snapped a cell phone picture of it out out there in the middle of nowhere Maybe somebody can identify it for me later. Uh, and on banking, of course, we've all been hearing the fear mongering primarily from the gold bug or the gold dealers who keep saying, oh, the bank is going to fall apart, fill your closets with uh, gold coins that you buy from them. And I've always felt it's kind of suspicious that, uh, okay, so gold is supposed to to save me from any economic difficulties and tell me what it is that you're accepting for payment in exchange for this gold. Oh, you take Federal Reserve notes. That's Hmm. interesting. Um, How come he's stacking up Federal Reserve notes, and I'm told to stack up his metal that pays no interest and that somebody else might want to steal from me sometime if they ever find my closet? So uh, I'm not really a gold bug. I just go out prospecting for it because if I find something laying free in the ground that some crazy person wants to pay me $1,200 an ounce for, I'll gladly go out and dig it up out of the ground and sell it to him.
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: Anyway, that, that's my general disrespect for gold. But uh, good grief, it's, it's a marketable commodity at the moment.
2: I love and it, but you can't eat it. That's yeah. the thing. It's like I feel like people should be putting away real goods that can be used because they may need to trade them. And gold's not going to be worth anything if there's nothing left.
4: Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I will credit it for making your eyeglasses look nice. Uh, yeah. Since I I just ordered some new eyeglasses for the first time in, what, 12, 15 years. I don't know how long it's been. It cost me a small fortune, and that's why I had to get the deposit into my bank so that when the, when the glasses arrive next week, I can finish paying for them. Yeah. Um. But uh, I I like gold frames. They they just kind of look nice on an old person like me. But <laughs> as opposed gold to the.
2: Uh, I had gold frames, wire, gold wire glasses for a long time, and they got bent all to pieces. But yeah, they bend easy. But well, now wait. I just have Buddy Holly glasses. When I'm not wearing contacts, I'm wearing Buddy Holly glasses. The black plastic. Boy. Point, frames that we all tried to get out of back in the 60s because we hated them. Now they're the all the rage. When I got my glasses um, last year, when I finally got in, I just needed them for, like, if I couldn't wear my contacts, because I don't wear them very often. And I said to them, well, what's popular right now? And he pulls them out and shows them to me. And I put them on, and I started laughing so hard. I said, these are hideous. And I just laughed. I thought it was the funniest thing. And I said, so I'm getting them because <laughs> I'm gonna be all the, you know, I'm gonna be right on the cutting edge of fashion here by putting these hideous glasses on. They just made me laugh, so that's what I got. I didn't even look at any other ones. Like, no, nope, I'm getting these. Yeah. Well, so someday like... when I come out of the, I was gonna say come out of the closet, but that has another connotation. But when okay. I, when I make myself known, I will be wearing my Buddy Holly glasses in the picture. <laughs> Okay. <gasps> yeah, pretty yeah. Fun. I
4: I had that option to choose from, but I kind of like the style I've worn for years and uh, went back with that again. The yeah. thing that surprised me is the the only sample style they had there in the showroom was kind of a dark metal. I don't know what it was. Some kind of metal painted with something. Uh, and I said, out of curiosity, are our gold frames a thousand dollars more due to the price of gold? And they said, no, they're the same price. And I about fell off my chair. Uh, well, they can't so, uh, be solid
2: gold. They must be just a gold plate, right?
4: Well, I'm sure it's gold plate. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I'm sticking with gold frame for for a color. And it's. I have gold
2: crowns in my mouth, so don't tell anybody. They probably knock me off so they can get them.
4: Oh my goodness.
2: I was thinking about having them pulled out so I could have my dental work done. <laughs>
4: <But> that, <laughs> that would must be ironic, happened. wouldn't it? That must have happened when all your renters were, were up to date on everything.
2: No, I had dental insurance. I oh, at okay. cool. school, so... Um, I can't remember what they cost at that time, and this would have been probably back in the... Uh, early 90s, maybe. I
1: yeah. don't know.
2: But... Um, the dental insurance paid for half, and I broke one of them. I broke one tooth at a time, so it wasn't like I had both of them done the same day or anything. But my, um, they're molars that broke, and I guess that's common when you get older because of the fillings that they put in our mouths. They weakened our teeth, so they crack easier.
4: Is that it? Okay.
2: And not right now I have broken teeth. I've had broken teeth for a couple of years because I haven't had a chance to get in and get it done. I didn't have the money. And I'm kind of phobic about going now, even though I know I need to go.
4: Well, that's getting back to my other controversial topic. I I jump on occasionally endorse him and more often (laughs) don't endorse him as cash. Uh, One of his claims that still has my attention and nothing has been disproven on it was he claims that uh, he had a, a, a mountain hiking accident. Uh, several years back himself and when he in the course of his fall he broke several ribs Uh, but then he claimed that he used his own technology to treat the bones and the bones rehealed very quickly as in like less than two weeks they were back in shape again.
2: Did he use sound or light?
4: No it it was his plasma energy. Uh, I
2: believe it's true.
4: And, uh, well, that has me interested as far as our cracked teeth.
1: Yeah.
4: Uh, Now, somebody asked him a question. Uh, I think it was related to teeth. And I think the question was, can you grow back a tooth that's been pulled? And he said no. But if a tooth has been damaged that still has its original roots... He's claiming that he can get it to regrow. Uh, now when I got to a dentist and some of the comments of this new dentist I I, I visited on his initial investigation meeting uh, a few weeks ago, after he looked at the x-rays and he saw the, the crack tooth, his recommendation was to pull it. Uh, now in conversation, at least the fellow hates amalgams, so he's he's not an amalgam doctor. He says they, that at that hospital they don't even do uh, amalgam anymore. So I agreed with him on a few points there. But his next recommendation was to pull the tooth and then have uh, have a false tooth made. Uh, well, as I looked at the x-rays and, and realized that, shucks, your tooth is like an iceberg. There's half the the tooth itself is, is down deep in your jaw that you don't even see. Yeah. And having that much mass pulled out of my jaw kinda concerns me. Um so I, I need to investigate what this cash technology can do. And as I the item I think that will do it is his pain the thing he calls his pain pen which, to simplify it, is something about the size of a test tube of glass, and he winds two very special coils uh, and treats the coils and then puts a dab of his gas and nanostate stuff on top of the coil and then drops all that inside the tube and then seals the end of the tube with a rubber stopper. Uh, So all of his exotic materials are now sealed inside glass. Uh, You rinse it off and nothing ever touches your skin. Uh, The coils that he's wound have the finishing end of the coil wind ends up at the bottom of the test tube, pointed in a certain direction. And because the end of the wires are pointed in a certain direction, his plasma energy emits from it. So uh he's going around to people with toothaches and other other pain issues and he just points the pin at the the sore spot and the soreness goes away and it apparently is accelerating healing in the process. So those are the claims. There appear to be a lot of people doing testimonies claiming that it works. And now that I've got a cracked tooth and hearing that you do too, I've Mine got to, are more
2: than cracked. They're broken.
4: Okay, well, I have broken
2: teeth, not cracks. I probably have other cracks, but they're broken, the ones that I have now.
4: Well, for the sake of anybody who does have a cracked tooth, but they still have their original living roots, they haven't yep. been, been to an endodontist yet, uh, i I, I got to discipline myself to find the money to go out and wind the coils and buy the other stuff to make that that weird gas and nanostate that he keeps talking about. Because it sounds like for less than 50 bucks you can make one of these pens yourself. He's selling the pen for, well, you get into euros and shipping and whatnot. It's about $100 a pen uh, to get it shipped over here. Wow. But uh, you can pretty much make it yourself. For uh, The key Amazing. point is get, getting yourself tooled up and then the actual components for each pin are like less than ten dollars.
2: Wow. Uh,
4: the the other thirty is you have to kind of tool yourself up to make them, uh, to wind the coil properly and and whatnot. So it's a fascinating claim, and my gracious, if it's true, it's it's something I want to make for myself if nobody else wants to play with it. But uh, it may have benefits and other issues also.
2: Yeah, my teeth are still—they um, still have nerve and and all that and roots. They're not out of my mouth or anything. They're just—they have breaks. They have like you know the whole a whole chunk came out. So. <clears throat> some are worse than others. I just chew very carefully.
4: Well, as as the years keep adding up, more stuff keeps yeah. breaking down and. And
2: I don't think they do gold crowns anymore. I think they said they do just this composite type stuff now. So, the gold crown, the gold crowns were made in Florida and brought to Maine. So I had like I had the impressions done, and then they were sent away and came back and were put in a different day. My dentist was saying how beautiful they were, that this was like the best ones that you know, he ever saw all this stuff, and I laughed, I made a joke out of it, because I said, you know, I went, like, the next time I went to the dentist, I said, you know, you told me these were beautiful, and I said, but when I go like this, and I pulled my, you know, my lips out, and showed my teeth, my bottom teeth, I said, when I go like this to people, they go, ick, I said, so, I don't know, I don't think they think they're that beautiful, and he just (laughs) laughed, he had a really dry sense of humor, he's passed away since then, but. He was just a really funny dentist, and that, and I think that's part of the reason why I haven't dragged myself immediately back, even when I got the money to do it, because he never would he wouldn't have let me go one day with a broken tooth. I would have been right in his office. That's how good of a dentist, how dedicated he was. And these people are like, yeah, yeah, I'll come back in three months. We'll be able to get you in. Make sure you have your money ready because you got to pay that day. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, I'm kind of scared to get plugged back in because for one thing, I don't even know if they will care not to hurt me. You know, I'm afraid of being hurt by the dentist because the fact is these teeth are sensitive. So I'm scared of them. I'm almost like, you know, maybe it'd be better just to rip them out and not even do anything.
4: Well, since my dentist visit last month was the first one I've had in about 30 years, uh, okay. the most prominent thing that has changed is that uh, it's no longer any processing time for the x-rays. Oh, my God. Uh It's instant right onto the yeah. computer screen.
2: Yeah, and and can you, um, yeah, I, I did have some of that done when I broke the first one because when I found out how much it cost to have a crown done and that I had to wait for three or four months, it really made me upset and I didn't go back. Um, you Did you have dental insurance when you were working some of the jobs you worked?
4: Way back 30 plus years ago when I mistakenly had an endodontist kill two nerves on the other side of my mouth.
1: Ah.
4: Um, yeah, that was under insurance. I um, haven't really had Big dental problems since then. Sh- jumping over to my eyeglasses, uh, I, f- I think I had some kind of an insurance helping me on on the eyeglasses. I just know I really went full bore on the best quality frames that the guy had, uh, and they were uh, they were not only a very strong frame, they were made in Germany, very precision. Uh, screws on every, precision screws everywhere so that you could uh, disassemble the whole glasses to to clean them properly uh, and put it back together. And the bottom line is I'm, I'm glad I paid the money I did at that time because uh, they lasted me 20 years. And it's only been the last few years that the gold has started flaking off. Wow. So that was a, a good quality electroplate job and uh precision work uh uh by good German technicians way way back then, but like I say, the, the frame was horrifically expensive at that time. Now jumping ahead to what glasses I just ordered now, I went with the cheapest frames they had and I was really surprised to see that the gold finish was the same as the the other darker metal, whatever it was. Which makes me think, well, how long is this gold plate gonna last? Uh, probably not as long as, as my other frames I had, but they'll look nice for a while. Uh, oh. But the the scary thing, man, this really knocked the wind out of me. The uh, the lenses alone were four hundred and twenty bucks.
2: You were saying that it was expensive because I remember asking you if you had single lens or if you had like bifocal or trifocal. No, it's, it's
4: bifocals. I went with the progressive grind so you don't have a hard line.
2: Yeah, I didn't want any of those, but that's because I wear contacts. I yeah. was afraid that I would fall down the stairs and stuff because I already have visual disturbances from a retinal operation in the 80s. Oh. So, so I don't have complete eyesight. I have like partial blindness in one eye from retinal mm. detachment. But mm. it people go, oh, that's terrible. Well, yeah, it's not great, I mean, obviously, but I don't notice it. So the it's kind of an odd thing, and if somebody hasn't had it, they don't really understand. But I don't have missing vision when I look at you. Like, say, if you were sitting here and I was looking at you, it would look normal to me like it looks to anybody else. But if I have... Um, an unusual place that I like say, well, I remember tripping at at um the place where my daughter was going to grad school down in North Carolina. I tripped on the stairs because they were unfamiliar to me. If they had been familiar to me, I wouldn't probably have tripped on them, but I tripped on the stairs because part of the vision's missing, but the brain doesn't tell you that it's missing you You adapt and you see it as though yeah. it's there but it isn't really there. And every once in a while I almost bump into people or you know, they startle me because all of a sudden there's a person there and they wonder what's going on. It's because it's like a, I don't even know what you call it, it's like a mirage in a way, I guess. Um, you sense it and your brain tells you it's there. I'm not really sure how it works, but I drive and everything. But I have aspects of like depth perception that are different. And it's just really weird. If I look at an eye chart with um, the eye that's been operated on, I can't see the lines in straight lines, so I can't tell where they are, where the letters are. So when they tell me, you know, read me the third line, I'll go, I can't tell which one is the third line with just one eye. But with both eyes, I can. It's very strange. And there's no discrepancy at all with both eyes. With one eye, it's messed up. So it's just weird. It's like one of those things I guess people would have to study on to figure out. But So I don't really feel that I have a horrible handicap or anything. It's just that I'm a little nervous about things. Like I don't like to stand on the edge of, uh, like when I was singing with the chorus, I didn't want to stand on the edge of the risers because I was afraid I'd just fall off. <laughs> I'll be standing <laughs> yeah. there and think everything's fine, and all of a sudden I've stepped off the edge. So I didn't like that kind of thing, but I'm just careful of it, that's all. I try to be cautious not to walk too close to people so I don't bang into them or something. I think that you're crazy and you're being, you know, inconsiderate, and all it is is that you didn't even see them there. <laughs> Turn around. Somebody walks up on my left side and I jump like, Ugh! you know, and they go, what? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to startle you. It's like I didn't see you coming. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing.
4: Well, I, I hesitate even mentioning Very weird. I, I sure don't want to get your hopes up for a, a, a false claim, but but Keshe is claiming that uh, his pain pen has solved a retinal detachment for one person at least. Yeah? Uh, well, it
2: may have reattached it.
4: it. Well, it provided that part of the brain and muscle network enough energy to <clears throat> realize, oh, the other part of myself is right over here. I need to reattach.
2: Yeah, it could be. I don't know if it would help somebody like me, though, because of the fact that it was done in 81, I think. And uh, when they do the um, retinal mapping that they do now, which is so individual, apparently, that that's why they ask you all kinds of permissions to do it. I had mine done because, obviously, it affects my vision. I would like them to be able to tell if there's any major changes, and so I let them do it. But...
1: um, the
2: equipment they have now is so accurate that it's amazing to me. I looked at it, and I was like, holy cow. And they said, all this right here is all scar tissue. I could see all the scar tissue from where they attached it, and it it was almost like welding. It was done with a laser. So it's pretty interesting to look at.
4: <clears throat> well, I guess I've just got to discipline myself on my next cell security check that I've got to uh – I've got to at least make one of Kesha's pain pens and see if it does any good before I start recommending it to anybody.
2: It's kind of interesting. I'm very interested in that.
4: I think it's uh, kind of cool. But it sure seems like it has a lot of potential. Looking here in the chat, I see others have got same eye problems we do, progressive bifocals and whatnot, and I guess Toucan is, is agreeing. They they get expensive. What, uh, what also shot my price up was... Uh, when I worked in Lockheed's machine shop, the only type lenses that were approved in a machine shop environment, where you've got flying chips all the time, were uh, were polycarbonate lenses, uh, which I requested on this this last pair, and that also shot the price up, and that's uh, that's why the progressive grind polycarbonate came to 420 for a pair of lenses. Add cheap frames to it, and the exam and whatever. There goes over six hundred dollars. There. Uh, I see Tukin is uh, uh, is, is Tukin Gene tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. He says his glasses uh, came came close to uh, seven hundred. Also, well, my, mine is right up there. It's over six hundred.
2: I so. can't remember if my glasses were included or if I paid separately because I went for everything. Because I hadn't been in a while, and I got the lenses, which are soft contact. I didn't get hard ones. They don't. I don't even think they give people hard ones anymore. Um, yeah. So I had all of that, and then um, the glasses. I think I paid like nine hundred dollars, but I think it was for all kinds of different things. I may have added some stuff that you didn't have to do.
4: Did Did you have diamond studs on the uh, on the side frames?
2: <laughs> no. No, just the Buddy Holly, oh, plain okay. old plastic with the. In fact, I think they have the thick, like the temples. I think are just thick. Plastic.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
2: they're really funny looking. Oh my gosh, they're so funny looking.
4: Uh, the the guy wearing the snazziest glasses I've seen in a long time. I forget if I uh-huh. mentioned this last week. Was uh, Louis Farrakhan? Uh, uh-huh. the the lens frames are gold. But the side uh, arms on on the glasses yeah. are were they were either oak or walnut, something like that.
2: <laughs>
4: and I thought, wow, that cost you a false small fortune to hang that on your face. But
2: uh, yeah, really.
4: But uh, but 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 he looked good in them. <laughs> I have to hand it to him on that. wow well, I, I can't mean, agree with all the politics, but but he looked good in those glasses.
2: So. Yeah, it changes somebody's whole appearance. I mean, some people yeah. can look like an utter snob by just whatever glasses they're wearing. Uh huh. So it just, you know, and some people look just cute and funny and quirky, and you just have to keep trying them on until you find something that hits you right. So.
4: Yeah, and uh. then he said, a uh, great one, James can, you yeah. know." Uh, it's it's been many years since I sat on my glasses, and it's a good thing. That's why I'm still wearing them after 20.
2: Yeah, you wonder how you even 20. kept from banging into the doorways.
4: Yeah. Uh there's those glasses have traveled the world. Good grief. I was I was wearing those frames in Lithuania. I just realized
1: uh,
4: that that goes back to what, nineteen ninety five? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm asking you what, what my international travels were. But uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, well,
2: I mean, I think that um, you've talked about it before, so I figured it was around then. Yeah,
4: you know, mid '90s. Anyhow, so uh, oh, uh, the last point on on the banks is uh, we we keep hearing the fear mongering. Oh, all the banks are going to collapse, and the dollar is going to go under. Uh, uh, one of the postings on Rumor Mill actually had a link right over to the Federal Reserve Board site uh, and what the reaction was by I think close to a hundred different banks as to how they plan to rescue themselves from pending problems. And the biggest issue the Federal Reserve was raising to them is uh, none of you guys are showing enough reserve (laughs) a cash reserve at this point. And an example was given that uh, Chase Bank only had six cents on the dollar for what the depositors think they have. That's uh-huh. scary.
2: Well, I didn't know they had anything, so it makes me feel like, hey, they got more than I thought.
4: Yeah. Um,
2: I figured they were doing it completely out of thin air, so there wasn't anything there.
4: Well, that was uh, that was Chase Bank, and then I obviously had interest in, in Wells Fargo. I went to theirs, and of course, it was thirty a thirty eight page PDF full of financial doublespeak. But uh, if you you tried to cut to the bottom line, what are your assets and what are your liabilities? That's that's the bottom line question to ask. Uh, <laughs> Fargo had one point uh, seven in assets. But one point four trillion in liabilities. So that's what, about a five, eight percent difference there between what they have and what they owe. That sounds like a personal budget, not a bank budget.
2: Well, isn't that the bank that's mentioned on the um federal bridge authority? Isn't it Wells Fargo and um Citibank? Those two had the Weren't they on the Bridge Authority? So they've got some special type of protection. Uh, Federal Bridge Authority.
4: Okay, define Bridge Authority to me.
2: Um, that, that was I? the. It's like the. Um, well, it's like the people that have the access to all the secret communications or whatever. That little wheel that I'm trying to think what it looked like. It sort of looked like a wheel. And it had all the different things, like it had the Department of Defense on it, and um, it had one state. Was it Illinois? It's it's like the authority for the communication stuff. It's the people that would put all their stuff through the onion router and stuff. So it's almost like the government protected a oh. bunch of people that are like the ones in charge or something. I can't remember now what exactly it related to, but it was some of the Able Danger stuff.
4: That's well, why it this... was
2: uncovered with the Federal Bridge Authority, Certification Authority.
4: With some high-level organization and Chase and Wells Fargo were in, in it. Uh, okay, well,
2: well, um, I don't think it was Chase. I think it was Wells Fargo and Citibank.
4: Citibank. Okay.
2: Let me see. Uh,
4: it's hard to tell your criminal without a program.
2: Um, I'm going to find out. I'm going to just go look it up. Federal Public Key Infrastructure and Trust Federal Bridge. USPKI Federal Bridge Certification Authority. Um, I don't know which is the most definitive one, so I'm just gonna pick images because that's what I was visualizing when I said that to you. There's all kinds of images if you look up images of that, and it's—I guess it's like the key or whatever they call it. So it's like you can't—you uh, can't do certain things without. It passing through this stuff, I guess. Yeah, Citibank is one of them. Okay, here's here's some of the ones on this particular one. Says May 2010, though, so I don't know how much change it is. But these are the kinds of things, okay? EADS, that's probably what they were talking about. EADS. What the heck is that? Because they talk about that all the time. That has something to do with uh, aviation, I think.
4: Well, that's another uh, another acronym that that slips by. Yeah, I can't remember it me. either.
2: ExoStar, SITA, Citibank, The Boeing Company, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, Raytheon. That's the 30 Path Bridge, it says. Sounds,
4: sounds like the military industrial complex.
2: Yeah, it does. And then there's like um, there's VeriSign, Ident Trust. We hear about VeriSign. That would be like the ones that guarantee your signature electronically or whatever. USPS, CSOS, I don't know what those are. Um, DOD uh, route 1 and DOD route 2 and I route. It just shows them all going into that same central thing. It's like they talk to it or something. DOE, um, NASA, DHS. And trust, Cybertrust. These are Treasury ones, but um, the one that I had also, I believe, had City. It had also Wells Fargo on it. I think it looked a little bit different, so they may have changed some of the structures of it. But it's basically it's like the security of the the uh, high-level networks, I believe, is related to it. But when you said Wells Fargo, I was like, I think they're on that. Oh, there's an Able Danger image.
4: Speaking of f- federal agents, and agencies, and their ability to shuffle funds yeah. from one folder to the next and hide them from everybody. Uh, last week, I think I mentioned the uh, uh, the Hillary Clinton 30,000 emails being posted on uh, WikiLeaks. Uh, have you had time to play around with that search engine any?
2: No, I haven't. I couldn't think. Excuse me, I couldn't think of anything I would go looking for
4: uh it wasn't key,
2: already in the list that you said wasn't in there.
4: Well that that's my key point I wanted to bring up tonight is uh the key some key words did come to me that Field has been preaching on for several years and I thought, well this is bound to show up in the in Hillary Hillary's email somewhere and, well the word circo did not and two or three other words that we hear Field talk at well M H 370 did not show up anywhere in her emails and I have to wonder if Julian Assange uh, purged some certain words out of the emails before he posted the list Uh, as we've mentioned before you don't know who to trust
2: well if you did that in a way it would be kind of brilliant because it would still be there but you wouldn't be finding it so easily to get rid of it you know what I mean? it would be like um, it would be like the OODA, all these shows and they're not indexed so you wouldn't have any idea where it was that we talked about anything in particular you'd have to listen to all of them yeah <laughs> to the never uh, happen, the search
4: engine i don't know if exactly. it looks for words inside the email or if it just, if it just looks for the the to from and subject part no really it sure. would have
2: to be the entire thing it wouldn't be any good otherwise
4: well, maybe that's true.
2: Because otherwise, I mean, what if somebody just did a like um code for the title for the um, subject?
4: Yeah, but not words, uh, but
2: a code. You'd never find anything.
4: But just think about any scandal Hillary's been involved with for the last fifteen, twenty years. Ron Brown, Vince Foster. Oh, uh, those are words you need to search. Search in those emails. And well, like Vince say, Foster
2: was already dead by then. Maybe she never talked about him. Out of sight, out of mind.
4: Uh, I I don't know how many email, how many years it goes over, but in the course of thirty thousand emails, I occasionally mention something out of the past. That's true. Like my Lithuania trip. But that comes up in discussion all the time. That's the only time I've really left the country and gone to the other side of the other one of the oceans. Uh, so I, I bore people to sleep with stories about that, but uh, uh, and I wonder if what what may have come up out of her past in one of her emails is is the question. Why uh, bring that up? So anyway, uh, yeah, on WikiLeaks uh, they've got a prominent uh, link right on the front of the page, and you'll find thirty thousand, which may be some of the emails, but. Then again, something may have been deleted from that batch of emails. I don't know. But I encourage anybody else uh, listening to uh, go do your own search on there. Maybe you'll think of a, a key word or phrase that uh, that might look confl- conflicting. And if you do, save the link and uh, share it in the chat next week.
2: Yeah, I don't know what I'd look for. I that's why I didn't do it because I was the only words that I would have thought of were the ones that were in your list that you said you didn't find. So I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know what else I'd look for. And then I just didn't go back to it. I forgot.
4: I would have searched so. for Benghazi, but I couldn't spell it. So I <laughs> didn't want to make a fool of myself <laughs> putting in a misspelled word. And well, we can't find that word. Well, it's because I spelled it wrong. Or maybe she spelled it wrong every time. Who knows? So uh, the other problem was search engines.
2: I don't know, but I still think my theory is correct about Benghazi. I really think that was completely set up, either with or without his knowledge. And because those people interfered because they thought they should, they were the um, little element of chaos that was entered into the picture. That's what I think happened. And I think then the people that were there that were the insiders on this whole false flag thing they were going to do felt like they'd been betrayed because these people showed up. And, that was, and then they just went wild and
3: did what they did.
2: I don't know what else explains it. There's no way that anybody would wait that long to go to the aid of somebody. I don't think it was intentional that they were going to die there, honestly. But it happened, and it was because of them. So they're still responsible, but I don't think they intended on that incident to occur quite like that. It was a shock. He was a friend of hers, apparently. I remember that from the time that he was a friend of hers. And I thought he was gay. They said... They said something in something recent I read about his fiance or something or his wife, and I thought I thought he was gay because when it happened, I went looking up about him and his you know right off like first thing, and there I, I could have sworn that he had a relationship with a man, but I didn't write it down. I didn't keep it. I don't believe it might be somewhere in my links, but it was early, It was like when it happened. So and then that person was never mentioned again. but why would I have ever looked at it? Somebody must have given a name somewhere. Just odd. There's always some things left out, too, so that you can't really figure out how to, you know, research on it. Or if it's mentioned, it's only mentioned once, and you forget about it because you never saw it again.
4: Yeah, I had heard that uh, similar stories about... uh about Ambassador Stevens, uh but that's totally irrelevant to the crime. Nobody needs deserves what, what happened to him.
2: Yeah. Well I mean uh, with her wanting to have a certain outcome, you know, like they were planning for a certain outcome. They wanted to make sure they had all the best favorability and all of that. What would have been better than coming to the rescue of a you know, hostage ambassador or know some kind of big deal in the media and all this stuff whether he knew about it or not but it would have been um look what we did we went in there and we took care of it and got our ambassador back or traded him for somebody that they wanted traded back over there they did that with some other people but i think it was meant to make a splash and it was because the um, election was coming up and everything and they could have pulled it out like the last two weeks right before the election or something had been the heroes. But the fact that they didn't immediately respond and then they discouraged these other people, didn't they? That's how I remember it anyway, that they discouraged these other people and they said, we're going anyway. And they went over there because they weren't that far away. I really think it was a setup. up. Yeah honestly, and that the people felt like they were betrayed by the, you know, like the, hey, we're not going to be the patsies here. And they just decided they'd take them out. You lied to us, because now these guys are here.
3: (laughs) uh, What other
2: explanation could you possibly have for that many hours to have gone by? We could have practically flown over from where we live and been there before that.
4: Incompetence and apathy, it's, it's, it has to boil down to that or or intentional sabotage.
2: They have this security. The third option. There's no excuse. They had communications, too. So there's no excuse. There's none. It's not like it was an unusual thing that nobody was planning for. Already knew that it was an endangered place they already had security they had people that were called and told not to do anything it was like what how could you possibly even how could you possibly even explain that it's just it, I don't think it could be just incompetence I don't believe it I think it was a plan and it backfired somehow and that's what happened they ended up with dead people oops Yeah. So now how do we explain it? We'll say this, and we'll say this, and we'll say this, because that's exactly what it looked like. Oh, it was a video. How um, unthought-out was that before coming up with that idea? It was a video. They were responding to a video.
4: If Trump gets in, will he let the same powers that be assign all his cabinet as the last ten, twelve presidents we've had.
2: I don't know.
1: Uh,
4: I, I hope not. I hope he's if he's as good of a business leader as he is, he ought to know competent people in a lot of areas and he should be pulling competent people out of the list of unknowns and putting them into office and surprising everybody with how much they really know. Uh I've never worked at Donald Trump's level, uh myself, so I don't know what what he'll do when he gets in. But at least his campaigning sure sounds a lot more intelligent than uh, anything we're hear, hearing from the others.
2: Well, the thing is that we're kind of left with very little choice because um, we can't just continue on the way we are. So it's either going to be he does what he says he's going to do or
4: or, or we there will be for,
2: consequences
4: yeah, <laughs> people right. are
2: not going to just say oh well that's alright never mind it's okay now I don't think that's going to go over big if he doesn't do what he says he's going to do
4: uh, yeah James I've seen Trump act and he's really—he's a really bad actor so <laughs> he must be telling us the truth then. that's a good way to Thank put you. it
2: good one James Kim
4: yeah well, changing to a much lighter topic uhvel am keeps mentioning cats at various things, and that jogs in my memory al Stewart's year of the cat tune, yeah, and uh, I hadn't listened to his music in a long time, and I just decided to, to youtube it and uh see first off i didn't didn't even know if he was alive yeah he is he's and he's still recording stuff. Hmm. And I guess he released a tune a couple of years ago that didn't get much airplay. And when you listen to it, you'll see how weird it is. Is probably why. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it was titled Elvis at the Wheel. And I found yeah. a YouTube of Al Stewart himself in a, a small jazz bar somewhere. So the audio is kind of iffy, but you, you can make out what he's saying.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm
4: going to post the link up here. It, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, where he tells the the story behind the the video titled "Elvis at the Wheel," of uh, and this is an indication of what happens with uh, when people get really popular and their inside contacts start playing mind games with them. And as as the story goes, Elvis uh, I won't spoil it, but uh, while Elvis was was driving across the Arizona desert. Uh, he suddenly saw a vision of a face appear in a big cloud. And goes off and almost starts a new religion with with one of his <laughs> one of his promoters <laughs> there. Uh, so anyway, sit sit through the story. It's a funny story, and then uh, the next thing to look up is uh, the actual tune. Video is is on full length, high resolution, and and that's even funnier. Uh, to, see how, to see how they, they took a, an initially funny story and then turned it into a rock video <laughs> where it got even funnier. So
2: uh, I'll have to but, check it out.
4: But that's Al Stewart. And uh, the thing I, I like about his music is uh, whoever his vocal engineer is really knows how to mix the tunes so that the instruments don't drown out his voice, that all his lyrics are very articulate and you know all the words in the tune. So... Uh, <laughs> I, I like, I admired that. Uh, somewhere else, I read that 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 he's a screaming liberal on on politics, which is kind of sorry to hear. And the other thing is, I guess he's a, a musician from England. Uh, that I th- didn't know either. Uh, from England, but moved to Los Angeles after some level of of hit recognition. So I guess he's an American now, or at least lives here. Huh. But uh, but he does write beautiful music. Uh, it was not just Year of the Cat. He also did Horse with no, Horse with No Name.
2: Yep, I have that on a tape.
4: Yeah, and and a lot of just really really big hits out of the '70s. Uh, and some have commented, well, all musicians have their dry spells, and he's gone through a few of them. But this uh, this Elvis at the wheel tune. Like I say, it, it's it's just funny, and and what they do in the in the rock video is even funnier. So, so anyway, that that's the entertainment portion of of tonight's UDA. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like it. Why to not? Yeah. Uh,
3: Johnny Mitchell. What about Johnny? Uh, more telling stories or know. anything? Like Tony uh, Mitchell, but anyhow, that's about it. And I'm I'm exhausted from only thirty minutes of
4: of prospecting out in in ninety degree weather. Heat,
2: it's too warm. Yeah, yeah. We
1: have
2: we've had nice days, but it hasn't been that hot yet. We've had some snow up in northern Maine in the last week, which Got on the national news. Everybody was talking about it. Of course, it's all melted now, but they were all talking about it up there that day too. Yeah. Enough is enough, folks. <laughs> we already uh, have flowers up.
4: At least I'm thankful for the uh, uh, thankful for the wind that was blowing today, so that uh, uh, that keeps you reasonably cool out in the heat. But uh, no, I'm, I'm thrilled that I, I found accessibility here. For goodness, about three or five washes out of out of that one chain of hills that I know there have been several gold mines in there over the over the history. Uh, so I'm curious of what uh, what's going to be washing down through those washes, or what has washed down already that I might be able to find. I don't know.
2: Yeah, it'd be great if you found something.
4: I just hope it has stayed near the surface long enough for me to still find it and not <laughs> not settle down through the silt 10 or, or 12 feet and uh, out of reach my my metal detector to find and, and out of reach of me to be willing to dig a hole that deep.
2: <laughs> yeah, but you never know. People drop things, too. If you're in the areas where there are people, I mean, I know you're not in that area, but yeah. if you were, sometimes they drop things that are valuable?
4: Well I went uh, oh maybe a hundred feet off the road and if you're anywhere near a road who knows what they toss out the side or may have tossed up there in a dump aspect and that's probably what I came across today was like I say some kind of metal cylinder about the size of a shock on a truck uh, that got tossed out there who knows when uh, I just know that when, when I finally hit it, I, I went. I, I initially got a light chirp, and my detector said it might be gold. And <laughs> well, as I as I hit other buttons on the thing, and it narrowed it down to exactly where to dig, and it was telling me the thing was pretty big. Uh, and I well, I dug down about six inches and didn't find anything, and I. Pointed the detector and said, "No, not six inches, eight inches, dummy." So I took out the trowel and dug another two inches, and lo and behold, there it was. So uh, uh, my detector's not lying to me, but it gets confused itself at times. So, so we keep digging. But anyway, yeah. that that was inspirational to be walking off in an area that uh, was not as frequently traveled as my backyard. Which every two or three feet you find a nut or a bolt because this house was previously owned by a guy who owned a service station. And yes. He obviously worked on cars in the backyard and dropped nuts and bolts and other oh. pieces of scrap metal all the time.
2: We had um, stripped off a little shed at camp, and I was the the uh, nail person, so I was like out there with the magnet getting all the nails out of the lawn nasty little rotten, rusty nails from, like, the 1930s. I mean, they were really bad. They would have been bad to step on in your bare feet. So hopefully they work their way down pretty soon. But, yeah, if we just left them there and let them deteriorate into the ground, that would have been setting off something, too.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Okay, well that's my week. So hopefully next week I'll be able to s- see the computer screen better.
2: With yeah. <laughs> with
4: with better glasses.
2: And uh, I, I got the deposit
4: better. in, so I can afford to pick up my glasses then.
2: So. Good. That's good news.
4: So, one step yeah, forward. I'm
2: glad that I'm glad that things are a little bit better. But that is a long distance. You don't have a a bank in your town? No. <sighs> that's really incredible. Not, not
4: a Wells Fargo branch, at least. Ugh. Well. Here in this little town, there's nothing.
2: There's, there's no
4: banks at all. It's it. There's a, a fast cash ATM that's five dollars a transaction to use. So that's emergency only.
2: Yep, that's definitely a little uh, tri- that's tricky. You know, I have had things though that I've been able to do that I was surprised about uh, regarding the real estate transactions and stuff with New Hampshire property, that New Hampshire property, by using my scanner and sending it an email. To me, that's just like, huh? No, really? (laughs) Really? But I could. I, I mean, I can't remember if I had to still send the original or not. I don't know if I did or not. I can't remember now. Some things, though, I mean why would it just be good enough to have a picture of your signature so the ink doesn't matter anymore? Yeah. Because to me, that's just a photocopy of a document that if you scan it, it's not the document itself. But, you know, they're making rules as they go along as well because it's hard for them to do business otherwise. So they just, oh, that's good enough, you know, send this.
4: They might be thinking that a photograph taken by your cell phone will have the cell phone XRF data in the image. Yeah. And maybe they think they can trace a photograph taken of that check back to your personal cell phone.
2: But your your relative that's a criminal could have picked up your cell phone and done something with it. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, you don't always know who's touching it. My oh. neighbor, my um, one of the girls that I sing with, the call us girls. We're not girls anymore by any means. We're all Grammys. But um, <laughs> the, she had uh, her neighbor's daughter who's like 10 years old and, and very um, unboundaried. Let's put it that way. She does whatever she wants. She goes through people's stuff, whatever she wants. She's probably going to be a little criminal in prison sometime, but... She was trying to put her fingerprint onto my friend's phone because I guess you can use fingerprint stuff now to do things with those smartphones. I don't have one, and I'm never going to have one, but that's what I understand is that you can have a a fingerprint to unlock it or whatever or do things with it. And this kid was going to put her fingerprint on my friend's phone. She's 10. She had been calling. She had been... calling or having some guy calling her that was somebody from out of state somewhere, an adult calling her. And my friend found out about it because the call came into her phone. She's like, Who is this? you know <laughs> this kid's out of control, crazy. She just does whatever she wants.
1: Yeah. So uh-huh.
2: um they had to, you know, say, you know, you're talking to a ten year old girl, you need to quit calling here. <laughs>
4: Val's trying to give me some banking advice. Uh, There's no such thing as a free checking account here in California anymore. You always have to have a minimum balance, and if you don't have a, and the minimum balance is is several hundred dollars, even over a thousand.
2: What about PayPal? You could do that with PayPal.
4: Well, PayPal is all internet.
2: Yeah, but you can transfer money to your bank and out of your bank using it.
4: Well, I needed cash. Yeah. So, well, <laughs>
2: that's true. That won't help uh,
4: you if you need cash. No, I I needed to get money into a specific bank account. And the method I was using was a written check from my company. And so it was paper going into an ATM was what needed to get done.
1: Yeah.
4: And the bank said, oh, just take a photo of photo it with your cell phone. And I said, I don't use cell phones for that.
2: So that
4: was just rejection on my part.
2: I think they've been doing that for a while because I remember something about that when I was still working for my contractor friend. Former friend I should say.
4: But to to be specific, (laughs) Bill, there are no banks in my town. none. There's just a, a, a $5 transaction ATM. And the next town that has any banks at all is 25 miles away and Wells Fargo does have an ATM there, but it's been inoperative. It's been out of service for four days in a row. And they didn't say exactly what's wrong with it. And whoever the information lady I talked to probably didn't know, just that it was known to be down. Um,
1: Huh.
4: As far as other banks, like I say, I, I do have another credit union account. I really don't want to go talking about personal finances here on on a talk show. No.
1: But, uh,
4: but as having as far as having another account to transfer to, uh, in a roundabout way, yeah, I guess I could. But that's just more stuff I have to set up and more users and passwords and stuff to deal with that I just don't want to deal with. I mean, I got a piece of paper. It has value to it. Let me stick it in your ATM, and it will still have value to me. Uh, That's all I'm asking for, but they can't seem to keep uh, their ATMs working out in a desert town like this is is the issue. Uh, I met somebody who back in the 90s, he was telling me, he signed up with a bank to maintain their ATMs and obviously had to go through lots of security checks and whatnot. He thought he was signing up for a part-time job just on weekends, and it didn't work out on that, so it conflicted with his full-time job. So he ultimately quit. But the the key point from that story, though, the bank was only paying him $50 a trip to drive out to a a branch and fix their ATM. And I thought, that's kind of cheap. Why doesn't the bank have their own network of maintenance techs? That struck me as strange. Uh, because good grief, you have a maintenance tech who's working on on the backside of an ATM. Well, an ATM may have, who knows what, $30,000, $100,000 of cash in it. Obviously, the guy's got to have a security clearance and whatnot oh, uh, and to only pay somebody fifty bucks to go out and and unstick a a folded dollar bill or something.
2: yeah, I don't really know how they do uh-huh. that stuff um We have a person that sort of a relative that was the on call person for that stuff for one of the banks in Maine, uh-huh when they were on call, their phone would ring and they'd say that an ATM was down. And I think the ATM itself would call the number, which is really weird. Like, I'm having a problem, I can't do this. Kind of yeah. Somebody...
4: Well, it does show <laughs> up on Wells Fargo Call Center, wherever that's at in the in the world. Yeah. Uh, the lady talked like an American accent, so it was not in Bangor, <laughs> Bangalore, uh, India. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, but yeah, it showed up on her screen that that particular ATM was down. But, man, I'm glad I called today uh, before I hit the road. Yeah. Because uh, if I had just gone over to that ATM, well, that's a 50-mile round trip. And is it again. in the
2: completely opposite direction? From the one you
4: had to go to. It's a 45 degree angle away. If if uh, I avoid if I avoid way. going through that town, I save 10 miles. Uh, so I'd I'd rather just save the miles and and go straight to the other town. That's 100 yeah. miles from here. Uh, that that that's I know has
0: really...
4: three ATMs in a row there. Plus, it's part of a branch.
2: What do the people in the town do that live in your town? Do they all just like use cash and nobody uses a bank?
4: Uh ever since Family Dollar went in, they're using cash back at Fa- at Family Dollar, hmm. and that talking to the 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 clerks down at Family Dollar, that's kind of annoying. They're they're handing out more cash than they're bringing in as customers. <laughs>
2: Yeah, because they're not used to being in a place like that, probably. Well,
4: we're also, that family dollar is right on the main drag coming out of Death Valley. So, tourists from all over the the world who visit Death Valley, as soon as they get out, we're the first civilization they see. And, well, let me go in and uh, buy a Coca-Cola out of of the cooler and get 200 cash back.
1: (laughs) Yeah, really.
4: Is uh is what a, a traveling tourist would do, and so that that empties out their their cash supply.
2: So they're basically they're using that as an ATM.
4: That's what it amounts to. Uh, yeah. and their uh their cash back fees are very low compared to like I say that uh that other ATM in town is is five dollars a transaction no matter how small it is.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't think ours charges you for giving you cash back, but I don't think it gives you an option to take that much. You can take, you know, small amounts.
4: Well, that's it. I and really I think they i am I'm I'm probably embellishing here to say two hundred cash back. It's probably only fifty as high as high as they go. But uh oh. but still if if somebody's only buying a a dollar ten Coca Cola and uh and wants fifty cash back. That's that means the store is being used as an ATM rather than yeah. a uh, a convenience store.
2: So. Hey, they created the system. They created the problem. They need to fix their own problem
4: because yeah. they're making
2: everybody else running around for them, which is crazy.
4: Yeah. But, I mean, uh, really,
2: it is because that <laughs> it's their problem. It, it's their commerce system that they made. So. They well, need to it fix whatever is. Whatever the problems are that people have.
4: But as to how do other people in this town survive? Uh, Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, they're they're running over to Ridgecrest to do the bulk of their shopping. Yeah. Primarily. As far as
2: that Ridgecrest.
4: The twenty-five miles.
2: That's the closer one.
4: That's the closest town outside yeah. of Trona. Yeah.
2: Isn't it big?
4: Oh no, yeah, it's Oh, yeah, so. oh thirty thousand plus people there plus it's oh. the 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 navy base center. So, so China Lake's naval naval weapons center is based there, so you got military oh, yeah. business coming in on the, on that side of town all the time too. Wow. Uh anyway, that's that's about it for the week. So uh
2: yeah, I probably should get off, too. My headaches coming back. It, it went away for a little while, but now it's coming back. I think I need to just relax and let my hair down as they used to say in the old days yeah well it's been um just mostly political stuff this week we went up we took a ride last weekend and we went up to um if somebody had a map of maine out and looked at it there's a road that goes between abbott and bingham and it is quite a ways it's quite a ways up on the western side of maine Anyway, they have these wind masks up there on the hill, and um, people variously complain about them or think they're great. I hate them. I think they are a blight on the communities. They look terrible. But the people in the cities don't have to see them. So we've had a lot of controversy about it. It's supposed to be vacation land in Maine, and it's supposed to be beautiful so people can come here and relax and enjoy nature and all that stuff. So when they see these big mechanical things up on the hill, it doesn't look very beautiful, and whatever but angus king who's our senator now that used to be our governor in the past that's how he's getting rich is off this stuff so he's playing a lot of games right now and uh, anyway we went up there and we we went right up to the site where they're putting them up and nobody was around because it was the weekend except for one guy came out of nowhere and i think it was because he wanted to know what we were doing there but we'd already started backing back down the hill and then we drove down to an ATV trail in our pickup. It was quite an adventure. We went through the woods quite a ways. We saw a bear running. I'd never seen a bear before, except for maybe in a circus or something, I don't know, or a zoo. But this was a bear. It was sitting in the ATV trail, and it ran off into the woods. That was pretty exciting to see it. And then I said, well, we're going downhill. We should be coming to something. We should be coming to a main road soon. And we did. We came out on 201, which is the main road that goes between where my boyfriend grew up, which is Jackman, down through to, um, you know, more civilization, a couple of hours down the road maybe. And um, I think it was the next day or the day after, they had an accident with one of those masts going up that road, and the truck had gone, I think the truck like lost something, Um, I think the back wheels move independently or something on these big long trucks that are made for that stuff, to carry that stuff, I think they have some kind of independent steering in the back or something, maybe somebody who's ever driven trucks knows that, but... They had something happen where it locked up and the trailer had an issue and the mast went off the side of the road and smashed down a bunch of stuff and took the power out for a lot of those small towns and blocked the major roads so that people couldn't go home or or leave. <laughs> it was just, Ouch. it was like so weird because it was right after we had just been up there looking around and seeing how they were putting them up and stuff. They haven't become operable yet. But they got all the grid stuff attached they've got the power lines and all the roads and stuff to put them up there and this is a remote area so the fact that we drove right up to them and took pictures was pretty funny so anyway tomorrow i think it is they're going to have the power off and the road blocked for a couple hours while they remove that i didn't know how they would even do it because it's they're huge you've probably seen them they're giant. But,
4: off a windmill, was it?
2: Or? Um, It was the mast, the the huge pole that they put up to put the uh, turbine on.
4: Yeah. Oh, so that's
2: what went off enormous. the side of the road. In fact, I probably have that link to that story, but it was pretty, pretty amazing that we had just been on that road in that place. I mean, we were right there. And and this is a freak thing. I mean, it's not something that happens every day that they drop something like that, because those are like probably millions of dollars a piece. Um, let's see, mast. Uh, I think they called it a turbine mast. Um, yeah, a link to one of the articles. So you can look, because the picture was with it, too.
4: Yeah, I've seen those components going down the road, uh, they're, they're enormous.
2: They, I mean, they they look even bigger when you're standing next to one. But, yeah, we, we backed down the hill, and then we waved to the guy. It was like he could have shot us dead up there. Nobody would know the difference because we're talking a remote place. We'd already driven down a dirt road, and then we drove up another dirt road and went right up to it. There was only one sign we saw that said no trespassing, so we went right and went up the other side so we could get some good pictures of a bunch of them in a row and get close to them so we could take a picture looking up from underneath it and uh that wasn't marked at all so but it was an ATM trail so they probably figured not very many people come here on ATMs but we we had a four-wheel drive pickup so we were going right up there like it was just a camp road you know it wasn't any problem it was wide enough so we ended up driving down the other side cuz I said We'd probably come right out in town. This would probably work. And there were these little bridges like they use for ATMs and, um, I mean, ATVs and um, snowmobiles. But they had, like, little side things that were washed out a little bit. And I was scared to death we were going to get stuck up in there because we didn't even have a cell phone. It's Like, if you get a tire in one of these holes, we're going to be here walking or trying to find somebody, nobody around, you know. But we got over all of those there were probably five or six of those coming down the hill and i said i sure hope this comes out because we don't want to go back over those little bridges again they were just those little wooden ones that people make like we don't want to be in the little ditch they weren't real high or anything but you'd get really good and stuck, and that would be a pain in the neck up in there so um
4: uh you're reminding me i uh i took a picture uh uh, last week in one of my Johnson, L.A.,
1: yeah.
4: um, uh, Tesla just put a, a fast recharging station in Mojave uh, last year, hmm. and I've been wanting to get a, a snapshot of it. So uh, as I was driving by on last week's trip, uh, the sun was in the right angle, and I got a picture I'm kind of proud of where I'm looking right across the row of his charging units, and then off in the distance you see the Tehachapi windmills up there. Huh. So in one photograph I got the uh, the clean uh, uh, Tesla technology and uh, you see wind generators in the background. Uh, it would be kind of nice if he offers to buy that picture from me, but in the meantime I've, I posted it on my energy page. So if anybody remembers the, uh, the link to my Commute Faster energy page, CommuteFaster.com uh, and then click on the energy button. Uh, you'll see the picture I took of, uh, of the Tesla recharge and the uh, uh, and the windmills there in the background. Uh, the other thing you jog my memory on, uh, I found a funny video here. Uh, so two funny things here to mention tonight. The, the Al Seward thing, and then I'm going to put this link up. Um, a Canadian comedian... Did a, a short clip on uh, for people who threaten to move out of out of America if Donald Trump becomes president. He did a uh, an information video on how to move to Canada, and it's hilarious. <laughs> so <laughs> I gotta recommend it. But anyway, it's on that link, uh, the the Daily Bail okay. that I just put. I'll up have
2: there. to look at it.
4: Yeah, it's it's short, uh, less than ten minutes, but uh, but it's really funny. Uh, so there's that and uh and I put uh well the picture of the Tesla charge station and whatever and the link to it uh takes you to a high resolution of it which if you want to use that as a, a background picture on on your desktop you're, anybody's free to use that then
2: I'm About to move to Canada
3: Yep
4: yeah, he uh, he spells out each province and and what they're known for and, uh, huh. and what kind of people hang out there. So it's
1: uh, I'll it, have to try it out. It's
4: hilarious. An American comedian should should do that about all all the fifty states in in our country. But,
2: uh, they probably could because they're all quite different. That's what makes it fun to travel. Otherwise, why would anyone leave home? Yeah. If every place is exactly the same. Yeah you know i like looking around and seeing what other people live like and what they enjoy and the beautiful views they have and all that our uh, our city just <laughs> allowed that guy downtown that has concert venue that we all fight about all the time every summer he put an 8 foot board fence around the venue so we can't see the river now from main street it's ridiculous
3: so crazy
2: Anyway, I said nothing says welcome to our city than an 8-foot board fence because it's right in town.
3: Let's see. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, I'll have to show that to my
4: uh my
2: trucker friend. What, the turbine thing?
4: Yeah, I'm just looking that
2: at that. I mean, well, See the thing that's funny like I always say how connected we are in Maine and everything. I had a feeling something had happened that that next day or so because one of the relatives of my boyfriend had put some comment about I wonder what happened on 201 it's blocked. Because what they do when something happens on that road is they put um like a sign on <laughs> on one end or the other, and say, you know, that the road's closed down a ways, or down beyond whatever town it is, so that people know how far they can go on it, because it's the main road. It's actually, I think it used to be called the Boston to Quebec Road, when it was built. It it was the way to go to Quebec from New England, that road. So it's it's a main road, but it's got some tricky places in it, very curvy, and and, you know, high with guardrails in some places. It's one of those one of those places you hear about in the legends, you know, of how dangerous it is on the icy, snowy road or something. Well, anyway, um, she had put something like that. Like she wondered if she was going to be able to get home. And so I thought, well, something must have happened on that road. And then later it was like there was an accident on that road. Okay, well, there was an accident on that road. And then later it's like there's a, a mast for one of those big turbines was on the side of the road. And then they had a picture. I was like, oh, well, that explains it. But she did get home. I, I think they managed to get it out of the roadway after a little while. But some people said they'd sat there for quite a while waiting for them to clear that. And I can just imagine. To me, it would have been sitting there for several days before they could even figure out what to do. You'd have to have engineers figure out how to get that out of there. Because it's there's places that it's narrow, and I think that's one of them. So tomorrow, I guess, they're going to be removing it. So we'll see what happens then. Maybe they have to use cranes or something.
4: Yeah, that's going to take a, a lot of horsepower and, and clever grabbing to, uh, to to get that back upright.
2: Somebody may, um, may be able to. Uh, videotape that or something. They may show it because people are interested in this kind of stuff up here. We just like everything. We like to see everything that's going on. Nosy, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think there's a, oh yeah, there's a map there too that shows the area and it show where we went across. Um The little roads aren't showing. But basically, we came across that day between, um, it would have been a little bit north of Guilford on that road, in between Guilford and Greenville. Greenville is where, um, that area is where Zuckerberg's family has been building big houses. Interesting, eh? I found that out because of a tenant of mine that worked on the house. (laughs) See how I know stuff. So anyway, um, we went across there and we came out, Below the forks, I believe. Forks, they do whitewater rafting and stuff up there. Actually, you not um, only
4: have the bushes up there, you have the Zuckerbergs. Oh, my
3: goodness. Hey, there. Hey, Desert
4: Pete just became the uh, the momentary host here while, while Ginger re- reboots her, her computer screen. So... Uh, uh so I'll just get the, my two cents worth in. I put a link to both my energy page and uh and that picture I was talking about just a few moments ago. Do what you want with on, on the picture. It's uh it's free to the world. Except the Tesla. It'd be nice if he'd sent me a hundred bucks to pay for my gas on the trip to go take the picture. But uh other than that. <coughs> uh the the links are there. And we're waiting on uh, Ginger to come back on the screen here. And I was about talked out, which happens this time on about every show. I think she's back on, and hopefully we'll unmute herself any second here. Uh There you are.
2: That was so funny. I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, the bushes are down south. And I don't think it's... um, actually the i think it's the brother or something i don't know but anyway they it's doesn't matter because it'll probably be a family type thing anyway but i was hearing about this fantastic um like luxurious state of the art everything house being built up there with you know the security the whole works and it was somebody that was doing some work on it, or knew somebody that was that was telling about it, describing the house. And I was like, "What the heck are they doing up there?" Because if you ever came up here, you'd see it's it's just like a, uh, I don't want to say resort area because people have an idea of resorts, and it's quite different than what we would have as an idea of a resort up here. It would be like sightseeing float planes, um, kayak rentals, a few bars, um, camps. It's just a beautiful place. Moosehead Lake is gorgeous. But a resort to most people would be something that's, you know, highly designed with pools and luxurious hotels and stuff, and that's not how it is up here. So I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why they would want to be up here and, except maybe to hide or something. People fish there. Well, There really isn't anything going on that would compare to the nightlife of anywhere.
4: Two families have the money to do anything they want.
2: Yeah, but isn't that kind of odd? It's almost like they were making their outpost for where they could run and hide. I don't know, but you're not hiding if people know you're there. It hasn't been publicized, though. I, I heard it. The grapevine kind of thing. I doubt that there's well, even anything written about it.
4: Just got mentioned on an international talk show named Oda <laughs> Tonight. So, yeah. so people in Taiwan now know.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the uh, game of telephone where you whisper the secret in somebody's ear and they tell somebody else. Oh, yeah. Yes.
4: yeah, remember we got a I caller have... from Taiwan once. So uh...
2: <laughs> we had we've had some interesting callers. That one last week was a quick one though. Yeah. It was like well, I'm not going to unmute you because I think you're just here to cause, you know, us to be off topic, and they leave. It's like, well, there, you just proved my point. Show up for two minutes and leave. I think they just want to, some of them just want to come in and state whatever it is they want to spread around and then leave. It's not really the point. It's like not an announcement show.
3: Well,
4: if uh, Wells Fargo doesn't get that ATM fixed and I have to do all my banking on a 200-mile trip every time, uh, I'm probably going to get a lot of prospecting done. Uh (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, Uh, That's not uh, really that helpful. Can you do anything like banking by mail? Can you mail it?
4: Oh, I have done that a few times, but the last time I mailed a cashier's check in for deposit, that was back when I had no car.
2: Yeah.
4: And when anybody who was offering me a ride wanted 100 bucks or 200 bucks to give me a ride somewhere, I said, you on it, I'll use a 49-cent stamp. And, well, yeah, and a 49-cent stamp lost it for me. So I had to go back to the issuer of the cashier's check and say, all right, go ahead and bill me for whatever, but I need it... Uh, stop payment, and then reissue it. So that was a pain in the neck on that situation, all because a 49-cent stamp did not get it to my branch. Uh, so mailing deposits are bad news anymore, and you just need need an ATM is, is the solution. Now, I've I've learned that ATM deposits are faster than if you walk into a bank branch and hand it to a teller. You hand handed to a teller, it doesn't show up till the end of the day. But if it goes into an ATM, it's instant.
2: Yeah, so because they take your word for it. I guess when they open up the little drawer or whatever it is in it, and the check's not in there, then you have a problem. Um. I think they just take your word for it that it's there, because yeah. how else would they know until they physically take that check
4: out? Oh. Well. I I know if it's a check from one Wells Fargo to another account, it's deducted from the first account first, and then it's deposited in, into that account next. But uh, everything is done very promptly that way. So uh, uh, probably because
2: you're doing it and you're not waiting for it to process through, you're actually doing it. Now my my uh, telephone banking when I do that, I can transfer between. Accounts and it's immediate. I don't have to wait for anything. The minute I the minute I ask for it, it gives me a confirmation number and it's done.
3: Well,
4: transferring between your own account. Yeah. I mean, same name. Yeah. I'm. I've already got online banking and I can do that from my desk here at home. Assuming yeah. my internet connection works and my assuming my computer works. Now that's another. <laughs> cheap, chintzy uh-huh. thing the banks are uh-huh. doing to us. The First, they bellyache about the cost of keeping a, a full-size branch going, so then yeah. they squeeze this down to an ATM only. Now they're complaining about how expensive ATMs are. And, oh, you just simply do online banking at home. Well, excuse me, this computer on my desk cost me something. And the crazy well, no,
2: Internet... Well, not everybody in the world has the same, you know access to equipment that's the thing that happens in Maine they tell you well you can just do this or you can use a cell phone like I don't have a cell phone there's a lot of people that don't have cell phones
4: precisely Uh, some
2: people in Maine never use a computer and don't intend to start now either because they never saw the need to why did they need one so they don't use one
4: well just going to step one, online banking. You got to have a computer. A good computer is eight hundred thousand bucks, and then you have to have an internet connection. And I don't know how cheap they are where you're at, but they're about eighty bucks a month for an internet connection here in the desert, with a decent amount of speed to it. They might have something equivalent to dial-up for a for a song, but uh, but if you want DSL with decent speed, it's it's eighty five dollars a month. I'm paying for that. That's half of my. Combined phone and internet bill. Oh. So that adds up, and the banks are expecting us to cover all that on our own.
2: Because Just they'll make you pay for everything that they think you'll do. If yeah. you don't refuse, they'll say, yeah. yeah."
4: And they'll you're right. And now now they add, they bring smartphones into the picture. Well, a good smartphone is is 500 bucks or more. Uh, so... That's as bad as a computer with an internet connection.
2: I don't even like them. I think they're too small. I can't really see them. I use my tablet a lot, but I don't use that on the phone. Yeah. I just have it, you know, regular wireless. I just connect wirelessly. My
4: and my brother them. has to one up me on on smartphones, and I I think it's Samsung. I forget the brand now, but he's got one of these these really big screen. Uh, cell phones that like barely fits in your pocket it's so big Uh, and he's older than I am so he needs a a large screen and more power to him Uh, but uh, and I don't know why my older brother understands smartphones faster than I do
2: probably because he uses it
4: he obviously got not only the good looks but the intelligence in the family but what can I say
2: Yeah, well, my friend that is, like, she must be 80, she's probably around 80, she was playing, um, like, uh, YouTube videos of songs or something over her, from her smartphone using Bluetooth to a little media-type player, and she's sitting across the room playing it so we could hear it. And I looked at her and I said, "What are you doing?" She said, "It works with Bluetooth." And I'm like, "She's 80 years old and she's doing this." Yeah. It was amazing. It sounded just like it was a you know CD or something put into a player. It was that clear of a sound, and it was going over Bluetooth. Amazing.
4: I uh, I was shocked when I went to my nephew's wedding a couple of years ago now. And all my cousins were there, and all of them had smartphones. Yeah. I was the only one there without a smartphone. Yeah. And they're zapping baby pictures and whatnot, back, baby and vacation pictures back and forth to each other as soon as, oh, yeah, I don't have your number. Let me put that in here and uh, whatever. So <laughs> I, I kind of felt out of the family there at the moment.
2: <laughs> I don't uh, have one. I just use my tablet and... uh when I go to my rehearsal with the other girls, um, they all have smartphones and I use my tablet. If I want to look up something on the Internet, I I just use her Wi-Fi and I look on a tablet.
4: Okay, you mentioned an, an 80-year-old lady doing something like that. My 90-year-old uncle was there with his smartphone. Yeah. Embarrassed me.
1: <laughs>
2: well, I mean, he it depends more. on what somebody needs for their life. But if they're just going to carry it around in their pocket because they're not going to need it for anything why would you carry it they use it for cameras and things like that too though they take a lot of pictures
1: well
4: that's what was going on at this this family reunion which is what weddings are oh and i like i say i almost felt out of the family because i didn't have one
1: Mm
4: -hmm. Uh, but somebody else had a nifty application on their smartphone that i saw him use there at the wedding as the uh, the band or DJ, I, I guess it was a DJ they had. It wasn't a live band, but as as the DJ was playing various tunes, uh, I saw somebody comment, uh, "Oh, I need to know what what tune that is." And he hold he he opens up this app and just holds it up for about three or four bars of music. And up on its screen, it identifies the name of the tune and the artist
1: <laughs>
4: just by listening to two or three bars of music. I thought, boy, that's handy. <laughs> but I've been looking over the Internet, and there's a, a variety of software applications out there for a regular computer. Uh, but the, the tunes that really get my in, uh, attention are some smooth jazz uh Instrumentals, and I haven't found an application that can identify those yet. <laughs> so uh,
2: probably not I, enough examples of them for the for the computer to recognize it.
4: That's probably because it's yeah, probably that, just
2: recognizing the pattern itself.
4: It's it's a tune that only only Desert Pete likes, and uh, <laughs> and it it doesn't have uh, uh, it hasn't gone uh, gold or platinum yet, so
2: yeah. that's probably why. I was watching the Neil Keenan videos the newest ones and there was a (laughs) there was a closed captioning running and the words weren't anything like what he was saying i was like oh my gosh (laughs) i hope somebody that you know deaf isn't reading this and thinking that is what he said because it isn't it was not it was really making huge mistakes in the words
4: uh speaking neil keenan Um, has has he called it quits the last video it was Neil Keenan out and, and
2: Oh he was the talking inn. about uh being with Cosmic Voice, I believe. I think he was talking about that. He split with Cosmic Voice. So
4: I don't know. It just confuses me more. And if you saw that uh presentation Obama did where he dropped the microphone.
2: Yeah, I think that's what he was joking about, was that? He was making oh. a little joke.
4: And then Obama puts two fingers up to his lips, which I would interpret as smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Uh, um, William Mount had a different interpretation on it, and I don't know. But uh, yeah, Obama is acting even weirder than he than he has the first seven years here. Uh. All I can say is, when it happens, it happens. Uh, We've been hearing fear-mongering about banks, and now you go to the Federal Reserve page and you see the big banks are talking about uh, liquidation and uh, bankruptcy of various branches and divisions. It's looking a little scary out there. Then in my case, an ATM goes down for four days in a row, and no real explanation behind it did uh, did somebody fold a check over to make a deposit and that crashed the machine i i don't think it was that simple
1: Who knows?
4: Know. next week's another week so uh i'm i'm out of topics here about, about time oh, to sign off i tell you after prospecting i got to go get a shower here this is, yeah <laughs>
2: <I'm>, <laughs>
4: I'm not pleasant to be around, so.
2: Oh, okay. Well, we can't tell because <laughs> it's the internet.
4: Good thing we so. don't have smellophones here.
2: So. Yeah, smell-o-phones. That's good. We'll come up with that someday in the future. Yep. All right then.
4: So. Okay. Well, uh, Desert Pete signing off for uh, for this week, and uh, thanks everybody for hanging in there and uh, not, yep, not, yeah, not snoring. You fall asleep when, when I come on. So. <laughs> we
2: Appreciate got it. a good crew. We got a good crew awesome
4: okay well good night for this week we'll hopefully catch everybody uh, in good health next week Then.
2: okay all right good night night all right my chickadees and also uh our new person black hooded terror sounds kind of bad but anyway um everybody have a good good week and um Good night. I'm a little tired tonight. You could probably tell I'm a little draggy now because I started out with all kinds of energy and then it started to just go. But um, yeah, we'll just keep our keep our eyes and ears open and try to figure out what's going on with this latest thing. This Egypt Air one. Oh man, how many planes do, do we have to lose before people start to figure it out? We keep telling them, but they're not paying any attention. I don't know if it was the uh, autopilot again but when somebody says it just suddenly takes a turn and then crashes you kind of wonder don't you because planes don't just do those things by themselves they have help all right um give you a couple minutes to say good night and uh share your links or whatever and uh get whatever links you want right now and then i guess go to chatgrabber.com and get things later if you don't do it right away I want to go watch a couple of those videos, I think, while I have my tea and relax. And uh, so have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Okay? Thanks for coming.